Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Creed II, starring Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson, Florian Montanu, and Dolph Lundgren. Story by Sasha Penn and Chiu Hodori Coker. Screenplay by Jewel Taylor and Sylvester Stallone. And directed by Stephen Capel Jr. Welcome back to Rise Smile Films. It's time to step back into the boxing ring yet again with the second entry in our Rocky Creed spinoff universe, whatever the heck this thing is called. Uh, and I don't know if you guys had heard this week that Michael B. Jordan's thinking of expanding this thing even more on Amazon Prime with shows and who's he what's this and whatever like let's go this thing's gonna keep growing but here we are from 2018 talking about creed 2 how did i describe it matt the sequel to creed 2 mm-hmm. uh sequel to rocky 4 and a soft reboot of rocky 3, Three. With, with with uh shreds of rocky 2 in there too <laughs> pretty much covers all our bases there you go there you go uh, I want to welcome to the sh- back to the show. Uh, joining us today, we have Mr. Brett. Uh, you'll remember his voice on our long time ago in a galaxy far, far away New Hope episode. And then he was Matt's fill-in when we did uh, our No Time to Die episode, which was just, uh, it was a really long episode, and you and I got really, really, uh, really drunk towards the end of that one. <laughs> yeah, hard, so. to, hard to podcast like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I'm trying to avoid uh, the no time to die uh, scenes we made there at the end. No, no, it's a. I think it's. A, I think it's a great episode. Uh, but you specifically told me you're like Jesse. I want to come on when you guys do inevitably Creed two, uh, and you told me it was it was in your top three top three films of all time. So that is correct. Excellent. I can't wait to hear your perspective on this. I can't wait to hear Matt's perspective on just kind of just on the sequel, this franchise, the ever going ongoing conversation with this. Uh, Matt, but uh, new bottle this week. Do you want to introduce that for us? Yeah, trying something new. This is McFarland Reserve. So 13 years, supposedly um, aged bourbon in Cabernet Sauvignon barrel. Uh, so it should have dry sweet, maybe, dare I say, with those notes. Okay. We'll see. Here's to you all. Here you go. Cheers. Happy birthday, day late, Brett. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. That's pretty smooth. Oh, that's a keeper. That's good. Oh, man, that is good. Kind of like... <clears throat> oh, Jesse, that's like good. Cranberry? A little bit. Yeah. Like a sweet, like a tart sweet to it. That's got to be the, the Cabernet mm. there. Brett, do you like a lot of bourbons that are kind of distilled in different casks, like a rum cask or these like red wine casks? It's fun to try Drink? the try the experiment, <laughs> try the experimentation they'll do with that. I don't notice a whole lot of difference sometimes. Uh, I'm not. I guess I'm not as in tune to that. One, uh, I don't drink it often, but. Uh, no, that one's that one's real good. Maybe we'll we will have uh, some no time to die. <laughs> <laughs> no time to be hung over. There, there you go. I don't think we've ever had McFarland's Reserve, so this is yeah. a new 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 label, new type for us. So I think we're get, we're ready. Let's go ahead and dive right into our flight question. Ah, 
Alrighty, Brett, you understood the assignment. Uh, the guests bring the flight and nightcap questions. So why don't you serve us up with that flight this week? Alrighty. So I had some, some fun thinking about this one uh, this week. We're going to do a fantasy matchup. So if you could choose one fighter from film, doesn't have to be from the Rocky franchise specifically, and one real-life fighter, any era for both fighters, what would your dream matchup be? You want to go first? Yeah, just one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I'm sure you guys have some honorable mentions. Um, we'll do those at the end. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so let me go first. Go for it. This is a part of a time of boxing that you two missed. Being a little bit older, you guys missed the heyday of what I think arguably is the greatest quartet rivalry that boxing ever had. That's Leonard, Duran, um, Hearns, and Hagler. And the centerpiece in all those was Leonard. And so I'm going to keep him, and I'm going to have him go up against our titular character from day. That's Adonis Jordan. Um, or Donis Creed. Mm-hmm. Or Johnson, I guess I say Jordan. Uh, speaking of which, what do you guys think of that? Speaking of Jordan, what do you think of that new... Nike out. No way. I'm I'm out. The story of Nike. I will not see that. That looks so fucking boring. As someone who wore the shoes and lived through it, like I don't You don't want to see the story behind it. The story of the commercialization of Nike through Michael Jordan. Whatever, man. No. It's it's gonna be very dramatized, I feel too. Where the real I think the kind of real story of it is Nike just went for a home run and Happened to hit it. it. I just had, they showed a trailer for that yesterday. Are you in on that? On on Prime when it shows up there eventually, right? Anyway. Uh, Affleck's hair as Phil Knight's looks perfect, though. Spot on. Ben Affleck just takes roles now based on these wigs he could wear because he had that atrocious Mm -hmm. wig in the last duel. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Okay. Watching Adonis Creed take on Sugar Ray Leonard would be must-see TV. And... The way those two guys fight are pretty similar. It's quick. I would say that Donnie seems to have a little bit more punching power than than Ray did, but I would say Ray's a little quicker than Donnie is. So, you know, matchups are made, or fights make, or matchups make fights, as everybody says, except me this morning. And I think that would be a terrific one. I also really like the idea of what happens post-fight and how the winner has to go through that gauntlet of Duran and Hagler and Hearns to get back to Ray. Uh, arguably, gentlemen, mm-hmm. the greatest fight that never quite lived up to the length it should have was Hagler-Hearns, three rounds. 86? Get on YouTube and watch it. It is the closest thing to a Rocky movie you'll ever see. Nice. Tommy Hearns breaks his hand on Hagler's forehead in round one, I, which basically takes away his right hand, which was his, you got hit with that. It was a trip hammer and you were, it was lights out. Um, and he, he goes as long as he can, but those two dudes beat the hell out of each other in what is the best three rounds other than Rocky and Clubber Lang <laughs> that boxing's ever seen. Uh, but that being said, I want Ray Leonard and I want Adonis Creed, Jordan, why do I keep saying Jordan Johnson, Johnson. Uh, to go after each other? That's that sounds, what I want to see. That sounds great. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. What do you got? So it's a little unfortunate because in the three 
Rocky movies we see him fight are his three defeats. Mm. But I'm picking Apollo Creed because yeah. his record is listed as 47-1-0 with 46 KOs. Not counting the Drago matchup because that was an exhibition. Yeah, that, that wasn't scored. Yeah. The death yeah. Ex- exhibition. <laughs> so, you know, 47 wins, 46 KOs. The only one surviving Rocky mm-hmm. to the end in, in the original movie. Uh, that's a true knockout artist, right? Yeah. So, in that vein, I wanted a similar guy to go toe-to-toe with him. And that is... From today's day and age, the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder, who is 43-2-1 with 42 KOs. And really his only defeats are to Fury. Two defeats and a draw to, mm. to Tyson Fury. So You know that uh, Deontay Wilder was originally supposed to be Clubber Lang Sung in the original yeah, I had heard Creed that. 3. I had heard that. I'm glad he wasn't. Deontay Wilder, have you watched him fight? Have you watched yeah, him? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, can't you just feel like he's almost great, but he's not quite great? I mean, he'll hitch the hell out of you and knock you, knock the hell out of you. I, and part of it's Tyson, Tyson Fury, because, you know, that guy's crazy and an amazing fighter for being literally mentally unstable. But the Gypsy King wins, I suppose. I love that matchup, Brett. Yeah. That would be yeah. a lot of heavy, heavy hands thrown in the squared circle. Yeah. It's love just it. haymakers. The whole time. Yeah. And I think Apollo would have the speed element to it because I've seen yeah. a lot of Deontay's fights where, like, when he fought Garcia, mm-hmm. Garcia was clearly winning that fight. Yep. And then Deontay hits him with one right hand, and it's over. Lights yeah. out. It's over. Yeah. Good fight. Good matchup so far. Well, we're putting together a nice card here. Yeah. <clears throat> I My mind instantly went to power upon power. Yeah. Just like get two guys to beat up on each other for, if it lasts three, five rounds, this thing might last 12. Uh, it's Clubber Lang v. Prime Mike Tyson. Uh, How could it not be? I just, that, that would just be, I don't even know who's going to put the, the other one down. It's just, it's going to be a TKO or it might just be a, <laughs> a draw. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to go to a split decision, right? Mm-hmm. But I just thought I was like, think of Clubber Lang's whooshes of, and just how furious Tyson was in the in the boxing ring. Oh, either when he was biting ears off or just his physical boxing prowess, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sign me up. And the trash talking would just be so good. <laughs> just be, it'd be they'd be John at it 24 seven. Love it, man. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah, power on power. Mm. That that always sells, right? Yeah. Do we each have one honorable mention we want to do? Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Go uh, I'm with you on the power versus power, and in that that same space, I want Drago Tyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, how could you not? Anybody that you want to watch? Which, which Drago? Uh, Daddy. Um, Daddy Drago. Daddy Drago. <laughs> Watching those two go at it is is similar to um, what you're bringing up. Yeah. Drago, I think, presents such a a nice depart from the characters that Rocky fought. And I don't turn this into a Rocky podcast, but I think what that allows is a different take into why I'm fighting because it's fucking cold and I'm Russian. Like there's just an, <laughs> an icy anger in him that I yeah. don't think like a sterile coldness. Yeah. Lang was angry, yeah. but he was street angry and he was Dun- misbegotten yeah. dungeon train and angry. Yeah. 
um, his is Cold War era, yeah. Soviet yeah. weightlifters in the Olympics. Yeah. That yeah. is what we want to see. And I want to see that take on street level Mike Tyson every time I'm punching. It's because I love custom auto and my life sucks. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. In another fantasy matchup of Lang v. Drago, who do you think's taking that one? Mm. I mean, Drago. It's better conditioned in my mind. Yeah. But he's got the height too, which I don't know, like that really has anything to do, to do with it. But I, I've played the the Rocky fighters fighting amongst each other fantasy game in my head before. Oh. Like, could this guy take on this? And like, is Tommy the machine gun just getting wiped out by everybody? Probably. How is that not a PlayStation game? Well, all of, of the Rocky characters versus so. versus ever, but you could play as anybody. Yeah, really. Yeah, Rocky Drago Le- versus Glang. Yeah, Rocky Legends. Yeah, really. That's mm-hmm. a, I didn't know that was a game. My, yeah. my favorite. Fighting game, uh, Fight Night Champion, I believe. <laughs> uh, you can customize and like you can download characters that other people have made. So I downloaded all the all the Rocky characters, and that it's a lot of fun. It's not measured out because some people just made them, yeah. so they're not exact replicas. Exact of steps. probably the attributes. No, this game is this game is it's actually a Rocky licensed game, so it's on the PlayStation Two. So who's time. in there? Who's in it? Everybody. You could play a Spider Rico if you really want to, Matt. <laughs> God, that'd be fun. <laughs> we'll have to whip it out one of these days. Mm-hmm. So you say Tommy would get like wiped out by all of them? It's mainly his character. Yeah, it's mainly because the actor was a legit champion. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tommy the Duke Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I hate that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any honorable mentions for you? Uh, for me, kind of similar styles. Uh, I was going to go with Adonis Creed versus uh, another fighter from today, Alexander uh, Usyk. He's a current current heavyweight champ, but he's he's undersized for a heavyweight, which you guys even discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is a bit undersized. A bit. We want to talk about heavy the, you want to talk about in this film. My God, this guy's getting killed. Yeah. So, like, uh, Usyk really depends on his movement and things like that. And uh, I think that'd be a really good, really good matchup of athleticism. It's good. The only other one I had, and it was kind of a no-brainer too, and I kind of just didn't want to go with that one initially. It was Apollo Creed v. Muhammad Ali. That's what I was going to say too. His inspiration, right? I mean, what's better though, pre-fight or fight-fight? Because there's going to be a whole I lot know. of pomp and circumstance coming in the I ring with both of those guys. These two will definitely not shut oh, up the gosh. entire time. Yeah, Dude, Creed's going to ride in on a like a just like a, a a replica like aircraft carrier with like a flight suit on, and dude, Ali's going to be just John in there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see that in a fantasy world. I don't know. I mean, Ali's great, but you know, all this stuff we're building up about the Apollo Creed boxing. Stats and legacy, Creed might might have him. There's two things I'm dying for in sports. Can yeah. I just say this as we're going to do sports day a little bit? Yeah. And it's getting a little bit better on one of these fronts, but maybe not so much in the second. So the first is tennis. And I'm dying for there to be some return of reasonable tennis from American men because it's so much more fun to watch when it's like that. I don't expect Agassi Sampras... I, I, doesn't it's, have to get. It's been a while. Connors McEnroe like doesn't have to get back to that. But give me one of those guys, because tennis is 
dead without an American audience yeah, even that cares. Just, even just Roddick, right? Yeah. Just yeah, being yeah. in contention. Yes. Yeah. Give me a guy who is consistently in the quarters because eventually they'll make a run to something. And apparently if you follow the Australian Open, I guess there were three Americans that had a really good showing this year and they're pretty young. The second one though, and the UFC's kind of undone it. Boxing's just not as entertaining as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I want to take you guys back with me in Gen X to yeah. all that Leonard, Duran, Hagler, Hearn stuff. Man, there was a fight every couple months, and they were all amazing. Yeah. And it's just not like that. Tyson Fury's amazing to watch, but no, it's no, so, I don't, I don't, so dry. I don't hear it talked about nearly like, especially like peak 90s, right? Like yeah. that's when it was like a fever pitch of like, I knew those fighters, even though I probably wasn't watching the fights on fight night, but I knew who those guys were. Yeah. Plus like the marquee matchups seem to happen more often, right? Mm-hmm. Like these days. There's so much, oh, we got to talk about the money or we have different promoters, so is the fight going to happen? It's like yeah. Cro- Crawford, Spence Jr. nowadays mm-hmm. would be like the marquee matchup. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Why? Because they are promoted by two different Is it companies. Bob Arum's top uh, rank or is it Golden Boy and top rank or who is I, it? One of them is top rank, I believe, and the other, uh, I'd have to look it up. Ah, man. But it's yeah. it's just unfortunate. Yeah. It's the nature of the beast. Well, great choices, gentlemen. Yeah, good job. Let's get into those fantasy matchups and see what how those will play out. Maybe we, we'll just make them all characters in, in, the, in the game, and we'll run a simulator, and then we can see who wins, right? <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's go ahead and dive. I know this is going to be a fun, long discussion. Let's dive right into our review breakdown of Creed 2. Wheeler is doing what he can. Wheeler is doing it. Wheeler's got the catch. Get out! Come on, baby, get up, get up! Wheeler trying to get up. But I don't know if he makes this count, Roy. intense opening here but that's not the opening scene the opening scene of the film let's go to ukraine it's cold it's dark it's barren and we're introduced to victor drago and his father ivan drago and i think this is one of the best turns of the film compared to when we last saw this guy in rocky four the people's champion you know the prowess of soviet russia right losing that fight and not hearing from him since, but then this film universe decides to resurrect this character 
And we see him in a totally different place with nothing, this little Shantate apartment, right? They're lifting pallets. They're running in the cold. They're doing whatever they can to get a fight. But the thing is, is it's his son. It's his bloodline. He's actually crafted a pretty good fighter here. So what do you think of this opening? It's doing a thing I really like in film, which is let's start with the villain first. We'll get back to the hero in a second. What do you think of the stage that we're setting here, reintroducing Ivan Drago, the Drago name, back into this franchise? I really enjoy this opening. Uh, it intru- Like you said, it introduces the Dragos, right? And it immediately, because you go through their morning routine, through a little bit of training, and then a fight, and you immediately, at least me, you immediately see Victor, and you're like, okay, this guy can do some damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks terrifying. And uh, it's a solid reintroduction with no dialogue, too. I really like that. Yeah. It's just music and lifting. Atmosphere. And, yeah. It's it's cool. Like, if you wanted to show, show us that this character's in a cold, barren place, both physically and emotionally... You show that in this opening scene with that. Like, this guy literally lost everything, and here's his chance to kind of reclaim that back. Yeah. He's not a machine. Drago felt like a machine because the dialogue that he had in the two films was maybe less than 30 words that we've seen him in entirely. Um, If he dies, he he dies. dies. (laughs) He has very, very few lines in Rocky IV. He's like a Terminator in that movie. Right, exactly. It feels like the Terminator. Yeah. So how do you make the Terminator more scary? Well, you make his son even bigger oh God. and younger, and they do. I also really love, and this is something we've talked about quite a bit, mm-hmm. if you set the fuse on the bomb and put it underneath the table and let the audience know it, but fail to tell the people at the table that it's about to explode and they're going to be blown to kingdom come, then you create an undercurrent of worry yeah. that pervades the whole film. So while Donnie's off getting his car back from Andre Ward, yeah. Uh, Danny Stuntman Wheeler and celebrating that after we've seen what's lying on the horizon and it makes Danny Stuntman Wheeler yeah. look like the first round in the Golden Globes, like Spider- go- Golden Gloves boxing con. It's Spider- like Spider Rico, Rico right? Yeah. Like, an, and that's a legit fighter. So we can celebrate mm-hmm. Donnie's heavyweight championship. It would be middleweight. Let's be honest about it, but we'll say heavyweight for this movie because that's what they like to do. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter because, you know, like on the horizon, mm-hmm. on the cold, distant, bleak, poor, regret-filled, yeah. displaced, angry horizon. Yeah. Here comes Victor. Oh. I, I don't know why more sequels don't go to school on this. Of Literally, yeah, like you said, introduce the bomb in the room that the audience is, yikes, this is something not to be trifled with. Then go to the hero and then wondering, uh, when are these two things going to clash? I mean, Dark Knight does that really well of just like, this is going to happen at some point, and they either recognize it early or it comes and bites them in the ass later. Um, it's, it's it's a great opening. And I love that when, when Creed Two was announced and they announced Dolph Lundgren was going to return, the possibilities of what this story was going to be or could be based on what happened to Apollo, death in the ring, uh the history between Rocky and the Russian, right? There's some great scenes between the two of them in this film. And then, you know, Creed's still trying to, you knew he was going to be so 
you know, hot wanting to jump into this fight based on what he did to his dad, but then also protecting his name and legacy. It's a genius idea for a sequel. It writes itself, dare I say. Yep. I also like just a small touch in the opening. Uh, Buddy Marcel is there, the mm-hmm. fight promoter. Sleazy, huh? Any sleazeball? Yeah. It just, it shows that he has had this plan mm-hmm. since Victor's been coming up, right? He's not just, yeah. oh, it's Drago. <clears throat> Let's just throw him in the ring. Yeah. At least someone was crafting it from early on, right? Yeah. Fostering it. The puppet master, right? Trying to just kind of piece it together and thinking of, yeah, Krieg Drago. Yeah, people are going to want to watch that fight, right? <laughs> We would all want to watch that fight. Oh my God, yeah. yes. We get the pay-per-view for that that weekend. The other thing, too, is Creed does a really good job, in my opinion, of handling the novelty of reintroducing the characters that we already previously loved or hated, Drago's case, but loved through hate, right? As they are aged, we don't want to go past Rocky Balboa, where that was a bit of a stretch into how far he could really even get in the ring. And, you know, he... He does, but it, it's a stretch, even though I love that film. Mm-hmm. The only logical growth is from ring to corner and then protege v protege. And so what you're doing with that is you're comparing styles because you're going to train the fighter with the way you know how to fight, shovel hooks, speed, running in the cold, frigid, freezing Ukrainian air, whatever it might be. But then you also get to play that chess master, which is, who cerebrally can put their protege in a more advantageous position through the promoters, but also then you get a secondary battle with the fights that we saw earlier in the series. Rocky versus Drago, I wouldn't say is his number one rival, but it's probably number two. You might say Lang, but I think I think Drago was was a better rival than than. Lang was because Drago killed Apollo. Yeah. So you rekindle the hatred between the two of those guys in a state where they can't quite outbox each other because they're just too old. They could try, but who wants to see that fight? So they have to kind of move it to the cerebral path. And Rocky's already made his peace with that and Apollo by taking on Donnie. So now he's got to put that other demon to bed, which is Drago, who killed my best friend. Frenemy? Friend? I don't know. Wherever you want to pick up that relationship. They were buds at that Towards the end, they were. I agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, And there's such a great subtext or underlying conflict between the supporting characters. Because it's not either of their story anymore. It's their protege or son's story, if you will. But they still have to have a presence. But it can't be so dominant that it overtakes Donnie or Victor. And how do you do that with Rocky and Drago, guys? Because yeah. those those images, those characters are bigger than yeah, the screens themselves. Right? Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, and to this, that's a testament to the writing of this and Stallone's right there at the helm, at the keyboard doing at, it. At this point, yeah, he was like, oh, that Creed one, that was pretty good. I got nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I think I'll write the sequel. <laughs> so for all of you people out there that continue to say, oh, he's a meathead and this and that, I challenge you to write something that is as deep and rounded and three-dimensional per character as anything that Sylvester Stallone has ever laid his hands on. Well, I'm at it, Sly. I love you. Yeah. God bless you. 
again, we've already done this a hundred times, but I'll do it a hundred times we'll more. Hundred times, Love yeah. that, man. No, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a, it's a hard uh, achievement to achieve uh, with these characters, and yeah, trying to tell the Creed part two, right? Which is why we're here. Uh, I think they do. I think they do a great job. Uh, I am feeling a little bit of Kugler's absence with this film uh, in a few areas. I'll kind of mention those a little as we go along, but. Yeah, we're laying the groundwork for a battle that I can't wait to see how this is going to unfold. Uh, hopefully a little bit different than the last time these two names fought, right? Uh, but remember, this isn't just a boxing film. This These are romances at the same time. So Donnie and Bianca are kind of making headway. And so now that he's champion and his eye, his left eye isn't completely shut, right? Uh, he's going to pop the question to, to his lady. And they get a really good a bit of comedy uh, going here where Rocky tells him, like, well, what did you tell Adrian? He's like, I, I asked her, would you not mind not marrying me very much? At the, I did it at the zoo. And just speak from the heart, Donnie. So he does. And it's really hard for him because, you know, he's tough exterior, but let your emotions come out. And he pours his heart out while she's outside the bathroom door and she opens it and, she puts her hearing aid in, so she didn't hear any of it. I, I thought that was such a good touch. Yeah. So then he has to reset, and then he's caught off guard, and then she's caught off guard, and it's a little weird and awkward, but that kind of feels about right for the two of them, right? It, it, they're in this like weird, interesting space on how they want to define things. I really like this scene in this film. And, and very in a Rocky II fashion, yeah, we got to get these guys married. I I do like that scene as well. The, the whole relationship between... Donnie and Bianca and all the Creed films felt very real for lack of a better term. Like it was believable how they behaved with one another, how they, you know, interacted with each other, things like that. And I think they have good chemistry together too. And I think that helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I mean, I've never asked someone to marry me. They do a good job interjecting comedy into this scene while also letting Michael B. Jordan portraying that he has no idea what he's doing. He'd rather be in the ring because he at least knows what he's supposed to do there, yeah. right? So it's uh, I, I think, I, I, you know, say what you will about the Rocky franchise and I besmite those people that talk down on this really great franchise – they're not just pummelhead boxing films. I mean, like, the, the relationship between Rocky and Adrian was so well thought out and put together. And you could naturally see those people fall in love and see how heartbroken he was when, when she fell into a coma and just all their strife throughout the years. Right, Matt? Uh, they're doing that again with these two. It's just it's very different. It fits the Creed character so well. And that little moment, I kind of thought it was silly in the theater. But uh, watching it this time, when they... She's dropping some beats when they're walking out for Russia fight part two. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, that would get me hyped, right? Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is all under the undercurrent of all of this is the Dragos have come to Philadelphia. And did you think it was a little sacrilegious that their first step to Philadelphia was the iconic steps, right? Almost like they're stepping on hollowed ground. They see the Rocky statue over there. I mean, he may as well throw in a finger to it, but that's not Drago style. I could see him go punch it down, right? I mean, knock it down. 
I thought that was interesting. It was it was them really laying some ground. Here you are behind enemy lines, and this is the first place you're going to go to, the most iconic location in this entire series. Boy, you guys got some balls. Like, <laughs> Yeah, speaking of balls, yeah. when I think of Donnie, I think of these big brass or maybe even iron balls, strong-willed, pig-headed to a certain degree in the ring, resolute fighter. So, And that's what we want to see with our boxers. We don't want to see some poet in there or something. We want to see tough as nails go beat the hell out of this other guy. The reason I think that it tends to work well, because we can make the case that Drago and Brigitte Nielsen, whatever the hell her name is, I can't remember the top of my head, Drago's mother, but Victor Drago's mother and and Ivan Drago's ex-wife, Brigitte Nielsen, Stallone's ex-wife too, Adrian and Tessa Thompson are all really good love interests in what you wouldn't think would be an interesting piece of a boxing film because you know what it allows? It allows us to see a different side of the boxer that's softer and not so I'm going to knock this guy's head in and it feels awkward. So you know what you get? This is so simple, but it's so genius and works so well for boxing. It's conflict. How does Donnie struggling with his father, struggling with illegitimacy, struggling with love, struggling with being soft because nothing in his life allows him to be soft because that's how he gets literally killed. Soften up enough to ask this woman to marry him. Well, he goes to the worst advisor when it comes to ways of love on the planet, Rocky Balboa, you hang out with coconut friends, you get coconut, you know, like that whole deal. Yeah. On how to do it, and he gets into this ridiculous, re- like, speech, yeah. historical historical reaccounting of the time he asked her to marry him outside the zebra cage. Who? What? Yeah. And you see right here, did you see how bad they are at it? Yeah. Which then, let me give you one more thing, and I'll finish this thought. Yeah. Gives them another really interesting character trait, and it lets them be an underdog again. Because not only are they all kind of underdogs in the ring, because if they're favored, then they lose, and that's how the Rocky franchise has gone from the beginning to end. But they're also underdogs because they're poorly equipped to handle this really important part of their lives, which is the domestication or the settling down or the civilization that women cause men to do that literally flies in the face of what keeps them relevant and alive. So that's yeah. why I think the love interest in boxing films, as much as you don't think it's going to matter, even in Cinderella, man. Yeah. And I hate Rizal Weger. <laughs> I think but it, it works. I it, think it extends to just a few weeks ago when we did Raging Bull, Kathy yes. Moriarty. I mean, there you there, go, right. a, here's a very abusive relationship. It, re, it fit the boxer that the story was about. Here's this very abusive, cantankerous man. Like, yeah, they had an unstable relationship and he was unstable as hell. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, you need that component uh, to, yeah, soften the edges or harden them in that instance. But yeah, I think it's good. I think it, and it's growing and it's maturing in, in part two as as it needs to, just like Rocky II did. And what do you do, Jesse? Like, okay, so if you give, if you become a father in the Rocky franchise, and Rocky is the father to a male, but in Donnie's case, if you sire a female, you cannot approach the method of fathering the same way you would with a female or a daughter as you would with a son. A son's easy because you can just Victor Drago it. You can just Ivan Drago it. Yeah. Eat those nails, run a little bit more. I'm going to drive in this van and you better keep the fuck up or you're going to freeze. 
you know what that looks like with a girl? Yeah. Let's play dollies yeah. and have some tea and tell me, guys, mm-hmm. how any of that practice makes you better equipped to keep the villain in the ring from knocking your head the hell off. Yeah. It's it's different than I want you to jump in here too. Uh and then you see it juxtapose like that idea, you know, so he's he has a little girl later on in the film. And then you see this relationship with Rocky who did have a son and they're about as opposite worlds as possible. Like Matt, I remember when we talked about years ago, I think on episode one of this podcast and we were talking about our favorite films of 2018 and this made the list for you. And you're like, they made a film about fathers and sons. That is essentially what they did. I don't know what happened in between Rocky Balboa and Creed One, where I thought Rocky Jr. and Rocky were good. They were tight. Something happened there, and I don't need to know what it was, but it's enough to know these two aren't good again, right? What do you think about all that? I enjoy the fact that there is something obviously broken in that relationship. Rocky and uh, Robert, I think his son's name is. Mm -hmm. They never, I never feel like I need to know what happened either. Yeah. They, they do a good job of showing it, showing how it affects Rocky, especially in this movie. I mean, he talks to Adrian's grave about, you know, calling Robert and he says, you know, but I hang up. I hang up. I hang up just before he's going to pick up because I don't know what to say. Like, so they do a good job of letting you know something's broken there without having to identify it and letting Rocky and Donnie throughout this movie specifically. Mm-hmm. Like in the first Creed, it's very much Creed finds Rocky because that's his only or last connection to his father, right? But you don't feel like Rocky fully thinks of him as a son in that movie. Well, At he, least t- I he don't. tells him, like, we're not family. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's that bunk. Uh, yeah, in that in line, this right? movie, throughout the whole thing, I think they do a good job of Rocky feels that this relationship is redemption in a way. Where he can, the mistakes he made with his own son, he can hopefully learn from yeah. those and be better for Donnie. And we got a big barrier in front of us, guys. What is it? It's no coincidence that Ivan Drago's son shows up right after Apollo Creed's son claims the belt. This is Creed versus Drago. This is the fight the whole world wants to see. And this is the fight he should take. Unless he's afraid of history repeat itself. That history being the infamous 1985 match in which boxing legend Apollo Creed was killed by Russian fighter... Let's show this footage where this man was killed in the ring. Fucking sports, man. D. Baby. It's a Pulver City style. Don't worry about that. Balboa defeated Drago in his own backyard, Russia. Because of you, I lose everything. Country. Respect. Life. You ever see stray dogs in the Ukraine? They go for days with no food. People spit on them, they have nothing. No home, 
only will to survive, to fight. I have son. All he knows is this. My son will break your boy. Been a long day. I think we're done here. A lot going on there. Uh, what's never talked about, and it was just, it's always been a theory of mine in the Rocky thing. Like, when did the Russian get busted? Maybe that's what he's talking about here. That, like, he was a doper, right? I mean, that's, he was, he was juicing. That's why he was extra big in the thing. I'm sure he got found out for that too. More disgrace to his name and his legacy, right? But yeah, he paints a pretty sad picture after you won the Cold War, Rocky, in 85. My life went to hell. I lost my wife literally and figuratively to Sylvester Stallone. Literally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm a, I was a, per, a nothing, just absolutely nothing. And you just see the damage of that fight. And I like the way that it's juxtaposed with Donnie and the cheesecake. Or the the cheesecake restaurant, cheese right? Steak. Yeah, cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, cheesecake. Yeah, Pat's cheesesteaks. Because he sees this challenge just the same way his father did. His father was in the pool, saw the Russian jarring on the, on the TV, and was just like, I got to do something about this. Donnie's just like, this guy's coming out and challenging me. I got to do something about this. Like, in order to prove this, name, legacy, Drago Creed, all of that nonsense, I'm going to have to take this fight. And boy, just like, and in much the same way that Lang, uh, Mickey, uh, Burgess Meredith was viewing Clubber Lang from afar and seeing, Rock, if you step in the ring with this guy, he's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Rocky's sensing that with Drago. Like, he, he, this is a boy born from hate. All he knows is fists. If you step into the ring, you're asking for trouble, right? I mean, the parallels between this entire franchise with what we're setting up here is really, what would you guys think? Run with it for a bit. I really like this moment. Uh, like you said, the dunk juxtaposition uh, where Rocky hasn't even heard the public announcement, right? The public challenge, because yeah. he's just in at Adrian's, his restaurant is called, I think. Yeah. And like, the dialogue between him and Ivan Drago is fantastic. While the world Adonis, while Adonis and <laughs> Bianca and everyone who's watching television sees the challenge publicly. Mm-hmm. So like they both receive the news differently. And I think Donnie being, I mean, he's a hothead, right? Mm-hmm. being called out on national television like that just like riles him up. You can tell it's his father. Like yeah. Bianca's trying to keep him down. Right. Yeah. Hey, it's a publicity stunt. Don't worry about it. Don't feed, don't feed into can, that. You can already tell he's like, I got to do something about this. Right. Well, Rocky just talking to Ivan in the restaurant. He's just like something. This is, this is dangerous. Well, it's, right? it's every, it's every dad trying to give his son advice. He, the, the father knows history, right? He knows what happened before. Let me give you a good piece of advice, and I would reckon don't get into the ring with this guy. But what do you think, Matt? I mean, this is this is 
kind of our inciting incident. It's kind of the end of Act One, too. This is huge. This is, you know, legacy. We're cross-referencing sequel upon sequel. Like, what do you think of this here? For the linchpin to our story. Yeah, it's the most lines that Drago's had up to this point <laughs> in, in the whole series. And yeah. what's important about it is, is every one of those lines is just anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So think about this, guys. Mm-hmm. If Drago has raised his son to be whatever version of fighter he is when the movie begins. He's raised a more Drago'd version of a younger, bigger Drago. The other Drago was married. The other Drago had the Russian government behind him. Mikhail Gorbachev used to attend his fights. Oh, shit. All of those things. Strip all of that away, and you have the anger from a man who is misbegotten and misanthropic in the way he approaches his day-to-day life and his only out, not only to reclaim his former glory, but it's because all that he knows, and now it's even steeled and hardened more, is dumped into his son. Okay, so you get a more Drago'd version of Victor Drago. Yikes. Compare that, yeah, right, it's terrifying. Yeah. Compare that to Rocky and his training of a, of a Donnie. Guys, Rocky beat Drago. Yeah. He doesn't have the edge of losing the way that Drago has the edge of losing because Rocky got over and stole the country from Drago. He had a stronger face too. He did. (laughs) Certainly. I think it's fair to say where he's training Donnie from isn't from such a desperate position. Add to that. And this is the irrefutable visual evidence on what a, underdog Donnie is when you compare the two it's akin to any of us in here fighting Andre the giant. Yeah. So you have all of the motivations that where Drago is training Drago to where Rocky is training Donnie. And I think one of those comes from a much more violent, hateful get back place. Whereas the other one is, and you got a family you got to think about, and that's not the way to train. And Mick used to tell Rocky about that. Mm-hmm. Mick told Rocky about that really well in Rocky Two in the church. But that's where Rocky is. Domesticated. I care for this kid. Dare I say, loving? And then also the regret of not throwing the flag in or the, the towel in uh, for that fight. So. so you go from, I will go through death to get what I want, Drago, to, and I don't ever want to go through that again, Rocky. And you get a training element in this film to even if Donnie's all in at this point, he's not going to have enough to take down Victor. It's hopeless. And it has to be hopeless because if he beats Victor in the first fight of the film, the movie's over. The movie's over, right? <laughs> you know that too. So there's a lot working against our heroes in this. And there's a lot working for our villains in this. At this and point. dare I say, kind of sympathetic. I kind of yeah, see can where, it not be. I kind of see where Drago's coming from. Disgrace wants like a chance of redemption. He's not all evil villain that killed Creed in the thing. Yeah, that past still lives with him. But yeah, you kind of feel bad for this like weird, strange, ostracized life that him and his yeah. son have had. To, and especially that scene when mom like enters the room and doesn't acknowledge the son, right? Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yep. Uh, but then we get, th- we get this. You're like, someone's out. Look what his choice put your mother through. You don't want to really bring all that stuff up again, do you, kid? I thought you would get it. If I don't take this fight, 
I gotta live with it right now. That kid was raised in hate. You know what I'm talking about? You weren't. Don't do it. But you did. It's different. It was different. It's a lot different. I was supposed to be in there with Drago that night, and not your father. And I could have thrown him the towel. I didn't. And I gotta live with that. When I did get in that ring, that guy broke things in me. They ain't never been fixed. It's not worth it. Not at all. Why do you want to fight? What you talking about? I just told you why. No, you didn't, Donnie. Why do you want to fight? I get why they want to fight you. I know what they're fighting for. What about you? Listen to me, you got everything to lose. He's got nothing to lose. When a fighter ain't got nothing to lose, he's dangerous. I'm dangerous. You think I'm gonna lose? I didn't say that. Same guy that said he ain't have enough experience. Raw, right? Yeah. But you don't think I could beat him? Is that what you're trying no. to say? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not going to be here forever. Then what's that supposed to mean? It means you got to do some smart thinking. But oh, you want to talk about smart decisions, Rock? You in this house all alone. Who been taking care of you? Me. I've been here for you. Who else you got? Listen. I'm taking this fight with or without you. So that's it? You walking out on me? At least you ain't got to worry about throwing in the towel this time. Why does everyone sleep on this franchise? Creed, Rocky, like, I don't know why they do it. You ain't finding that scene in a Marvel film, I'll tell you that much. It's true. And the, the drama, for lack of a better term, and just this scene alone, the weight of it. Mm-hmm is like you can feel the devastation this has brought up for Rocky, right? He's like, he's going through the memories and he's like, I don't, I can't relive this. I'm not going to do it. And then right there at the end, Donnie being the hothead he is, says that little jab, oh, yeah, he at least you don't have to throw in the towel this time. <laughs> he did that last week too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it's just so on point for the characters they've already developed, right? Yeah, and that's just I good writing. That. That's just good writing. Like these people, I know Kugler's not involved, and again, I feel his absence from this film. But these people, Stallone, Capel Jr., like they get the characters too, man. Like they went to Rocky school. They they went to Creed school. Like they know what makes these guys tick. And it's these conversations on the street that get everyone all riled up and hot and they shed their emotions and they say things that they regret, right? And then they got to live with those choices. And we see that play out. What a better motivating guys than guilt. Yeah. And they're both suffering from it. Donnie's manipulating it. Rocky's still suffering from it. 
We talk about good decisions, Rock. Look at you living in this Shantate in the middle of this blah, 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 blah. You had everything and it's all gone. And I'm the one taking care of you and you won't even help me now? Yeah. You didn't throw on the towel for my dad? Guilt. And Rocky already feels guilt. It's one of the traits that I think we see a lot of growth from Donnie in from beginning of Creed to where we'll get at the end of next week, which is the end of Creed 3. And I buy it too. If you are foster care kid, not that I'm one, but I can, I can in my mind, surmise this is a plausibility. You're going to take whatever you can possibly weaponize to hustle and stay ahead because the dogs are nipping at your heels all the time. Food, love, attention, whatever those Maslow's hierarchy of needs might fulfill the requirements on the daily. And so you're going to weaponize whatever you can possibly find, and that means manipulation. He's a master manipulator. He does it with everyone in his circle. He does it with his mom. He does it with Tessa Thompson. He does it with everyone. And here, once again, we see that kind of ugly trait of Donnie coming out. Not even kind of ugly. Ugly trait. Manipulations, there's nothing kind of about it. It's ugly. This, This manipulative trait of Donnie coming out where he is weaponizing guilt to try to get Rocky to see it his way. The question then is, what happens with Rocky's sometimes greatest trait and also greatest weakness, and that's stubbornness. Because as much as he gets guilted into this, what does Rocky do? Like what Rocky always does. You're not going to knock me out. No one's ever knocked me out in a fight. You're not going to be the first one. I'm just going to go the distance with you. I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm not going to fight that guy because I'm scared unless you break me down, Adrian, here in the middle of these waves. Don't laugh at that scene. It's beautiful. It's, one of it's my true favorites. love. Yeah. Stubbornness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that right, kid? You're going to guilt me into this? Hard I'm not he- doing that. Hard-headed. You got it. Literally. literally. And figuratively. Yeah. Well, it had to be hard-headed after all the punches he's blocked. There's a lot of buildup in there. <laughs> so you're seeing, again, to the writing, and I'm going to toast it on the writing on yeah, this one, I as do, you said, Jesse. It's, it's, still, it's still really good. Really yeah. understanding the internal motivations and conflicts of these characters and then taking that and making it matter on the page to the screen. Yeah. So it ends up happening. He takes the fight, right? He moves to Los Angeles because going to go trade at the Delphi gym with strong side. Right. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, you know, mom's there, you know, we're kind of, we're going to do this. Everyone's kind of a little on edge, but you know, again, the hubris at this point in Donnie's career as well, much like Rocky and Rocky three. Yeah. I can step in with anybody and I can beat them, but not a fighter like this. So then when we get to this fight, and, of course, the Russian comes out with little pomp and circumstance, much like he did the first time uh, in Vegas. And then here comes Donnie to, like, some Jabberwocky show. Like, just, like, light show galore. Really, like, a little full of himself. Not fully prepared for this fight. And I got to tell you, I remember, you know, watching this in the theater. But this time specifically, Florian Muntanau? Montanu. Montanu? I think towers over michael b jordan and we'll talk about we want to talk about the male body dude this guy's pecs his torso is just i don't know how you defeat this thing in real life he's he's destroying him yeah i don't even think it's close but for for the movie magic we'll we'll let it fly but holy cow i don't know what you guys think about this this first fight but man donnie gets it and boy does he get it 
Uh, and you see the supreme power of the Russian, not the steroid-riddled Russian of Ivan Drago. I don't think it's as that intense, but it's pretty close. Uh, what do you guys think of that? And what do you think of Creed jumping in this thing? A little bit of hubris, right? They do a good job even from the start of the at the weigh-ins because they show the weigh-ins oh, mm-hmm. in this before this fight as well. Donnie is, he's a hothead throughout, right? Acting out, lashing out. Like, oh, you can't beat me, but I'm not going to listen to anyone on my team. If you're going to beat me, it's going to be just me. Yeah. Or or if I'm going to beat you, I want to know it was me, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it starts at the weigh-ins, and then the fight is is the exact same. Like, he kind of, the first round, feel it out, and, like, I think... I think uh, Drago throws like one punch in the whole round and it knocks him back. And then in the corner, Wood, Wood Harris is talking to him, like telling him, yo, we talked about a plan. Go do the plan. And and Donnie's like, I know, I know. And he says, well, if you know it, do it. And then he just doesn't do it. because, yeah. And then gets, <laughs> gets destroyed. <laughs> totally, totally destroyed. It's those rib shots, right? Like, oh. I think it's Mike Tyson that said it. Yeah. And Mike said it is everybody has a plan till they get knocked in the goddamn face. Something along those lines. Be like, that wasn't fun. Like, yeah. And it's like, yeah. Plans out the window. And even if you had the plan, I don't know if it would have mattered. Mm-hmm. It, what are you going to? He's a superior fighter. In and out, beat him with speed. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. You're going to go 12 rounds and just outpoint him. I guess that's the plan. Although that's not how Donnie fights. Yeah. Donnie's want to go toe-to-toe and, and throw hands. So I don't know what Wood Harris's plan is, but um, it's out the window, I think, once he gets popped in that first round. It is awesome that he's kind of lit. Like, given Drago about the best he has, it's not really moving the needle on Drago. Just like his dad. Kind of like, that's it? Dude, in, in, in exhibition deathmatch one, <laughs> Apollo comes out, and, dude, he's doing his little quick jabs, and he, it looks like, like look what, he's in supreme shape. Look at him. And, like, it, it doesn't even phase Ivan Drago. Like, not one punch, and not until round two, and then he literally, he really lets him have it, right? I want to ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. So let's let's remove the death of Apollo from this equation. Which, okay, no, hold on, let me phrase this properly. Is this beating that Donnie takes in this Drago fight one the worst beating that anybody takes in any of the Rocky franchises? I would say, I would argue the other one might be Rocky Clubber Lang one. Yeah, that one's pretty good. But um, do, do we agree? Like he gets his ass throttled. Maybe yeah. like we haven't seen. Did you agree? I agree. With he that. does. I, I got. I, I got to give a little love to Super Fight Two when Rocky's just bloody eyes can't even open them when he's giving his victory speech. Yeah. Uh, those two guys. You remember when they're like both hanging onto the rope and they're yeah. just like, <laughs> these two can't even stand up anymore. But yeah, this is this. Yeah, it's the rib shot that did it for me. It was just like. <laughs> He's hunched over. Like, how can you fight when you're like this? And then he knocks him out, and he's just out, out. And everyone in the audience is like, oh, my God. Obviously um, not. He's not dead because then we won't have a movie, right? I, I like what they did on this fight, too, because uh, obviously he loses. The announcers are like everyone in the stadium and watching on TV, 
including Rocky, who's watching back in Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. Knows he's losing this fight. But in order not to completely repeat Rocky three, he gets knocked out, put on the floor, but by a punch after he already dropped to a knee. Yeah. So oh, he's yeah. he didn't lose. Exactly. Because there's controversy Drago, because about Drago, it, right? because Drago was disqualified, right? Yeah. But to he's, everyone, yeah, he won the fight. He was the he better was fighter. Clearly winning the fight, going to win the fight. But yeah, this unfortunate thing happened. And what I, better way to make a villain, Brett? Mm-hmm. Knock the guy senseless, and when he's on one knee, level him. Yeah, it's not about winning. I'm gonna fucking kill you because mm-hmm. I have something to prove too. It's for my dad. Yeah. Well, plus, oh, go ahead. You know, I watch it back in Philadelphia. You showed a ton of heart. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You showed a ton of heart. Heart? <laughs> and I ain't trying to hear that shit. See, it's rock. Oh, it's okay. It's oh, right. You guys gotta work it out. I lost the fight before it even started, right? No, 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 no. This guy was, he's big guy, he's strong. He got the reach on he got all kinds of... Oh, now you're trying to train me. Be my coach. Oh, look at me. Look at me. What are you still doing here? You had to pick up the pieces? No. Should you be in Philly? Adonis. No, it's okay. No, I don't. I don't want to kill. Take care of each other. Sorry. He's angry. He doesn't want the help at this point. Now, now when he's in very bad, I can't remember the broken ribs for sure. Ruptured kidney. That one hurts, right? Bro- broken orbital bone. I don't. Just, I don't know how the these, list goes on. I don't know how these guys do it. I just that just doesn't seem like a sport I want to engage. I don't want a broken orbital bone. What? Is, what is that? Jeez, yeah, busted face, right? Uh, but you're still the champ. Okay. <laughs> Way to look on the bright side of things, Brett. Um, I really appreciated this about this film. You know, usually in these Rocky films, other than Rocky standing naked in Rocky Five, and really like in bad shape post. Drago fight, we don't really ever get to see the aftermath post post defeat. And that scene of him pissing blood, man, like you see the life of a boxer right there, right? It's just like how many months of recovery is does Adonis have before he can like function properly again? Six months minimum. Yeah. If yeah. that, right? Yeah. I don't think we'd ever seen that before in this series before. I thought that was a really cool well, yeah, a cool pissing blood, a cool touch, right? I mean <laughs> just but it shows you this isn't a glamorous world of sports, right? This is a really brutal, violent, visceral world. And to their their credit for, for, for going there. Well, and it it makes the rematch, it puts that much more weight on it, right? Makes me nervous for the rematch. Because <laughs> we've seen what happened. Yeah. It could be worse the next time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it... it Makes every hair on your body stand up when he gets in the ring the second time. 
Yeah, what do we think of Adonis's post-fight soul-searching or trying to, like, rediscover himself or find himself? I mean, in all of this where, you know, we Bianca is pregnant, and much like Rocky II, she's going to give birth here in the in the in the interim, and so that's that's a new challenge for for Adonis. Uh, but how do we think he he deals with it? I think he deals with it in the exact way that they set the character up to do with it. Not well, right? If you've struggled with the name yeah. since the series began, and that's you admitting you're not legitimate, and by that I mean sired in a legitimate relationship as conceived legally, married, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And you've struggled with that the whole time. And about the time you sort of start to get your wheels underneath you about what it means to be Creed and take the name because he gave it to you. Yeah. And then you start to take the mantle of what it means to be Creed. And now you're champion. And you want to carry forth your father's legacy to prove that you weren't a mistake, as Donnie has said. And then the minute you get that opportunity, you square off against the villain once removed. That ended that legacy, and he hands you, I think, a beating worse than the one Drago gives Apollo. And like, I mean, mercifully, at least Apollo was killed. <laughs> Apollo didn't have to go through the recovery like Donnie's going to have to go through, where every piece of you is shattered. What's really shattered? Your body, yes, but this very fragile ego, ego and understanding of what it means to be Creed as you've just started to build it and now it's ripped away, shattered, exploded, whatever metaphor you want to use, this very, very fragile foundation upon which creed is going to be built and also means what it means for your family is taken away again. Guys, what is Donnie good at if he doesn't fight? He's still learning how to be a dad. Yeah. He's still learning how to be a husband. He gave up his financial analyst job or whatever that was in Rocky One or Creed One. He's too young to be a trainer. And you have this huge roadblock in your way, which you now have to overcome through terrible physical toll, but also through extreme physical and spiritual toll because that guy killed your father and he fucking just killed you too. You're lucky you're alive. Yeah. And the one person you can count on, Rocky. Yeah doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Because he's telling you, son, he's going to, this guy ain't going to, this guy ain't going to kiss you. Yeah. He's going to kill you. Yeah. It's terrible, terrible, terrible consequences. And again, back to that same thing we keep talking about, or at least I keep talking about. How can you get germane conflict from this? And then they are killing it every time Donnie makes a move in this film. So well done, Sly. Yeah. I'd also love the, the soul-searching section because, like, earlier in the movie, once again, the fight promoter, Buddy Marcel, he talks to Adonis before the first fight, and he has the line, uh, there have been 77 heavyweight champions in the world, but how many do you think they know? You know, that's, trying to that, trying to prey on you need legacy, that's right? A valid you need que- that's a, a story. Valid question, right? So, along with getting completely physically obliterated in this fight, yeah, that was Donnie's first chance at building a legacy, right? Yeah, and it's gone. It's destroyed. No, I think it's I think it's really good, and I think it it fits you know 
this character, this the, yeah, the soul searching element of of what this means for him. And inevitably, at the end of the day, he knows in order to get right, to be right, to be okay with this beating that you just took, he's going to have to do it again. I mean, it's that's the only path forward for him, regardless of now I've introduced a child into this world. Now I've gotten Rocky kind of back on track with me. The only way forward is in, right? I got to step back into that ring and, oh boy, g- good luck here, right? Well, and another reason I like... The, the DQ yeah. of, of Drago, mm-hmm. legitimately, mm-hmm. would there be a rematch if if Drago doesn't get DQ'd? I mean, this universe always finds a way to drop a rematch, but probably less after, likely. Yeah, after watching that beating, though, it's like... I like how it subverts the expectations. Like I said, this is kind of a soft reboot of Rocky Three, where Lang beats Rocky and wins the heavyweight championship there. Not on a DQ, so he's we we do see kind of like Rocky need to go through a little bit more to want to claim that again. But for Donnie, I mean, I think this trilogy is built all around name and legacy. I think they're feeding into that a little bit here of just like, yeah, you're still champ, but you're not going to be the true champ unless you step back in the ring with him and prove you can stand toe to toe with this fighter that you kind of don't have no shot with, right? Uh no, oh, yeah, I think I think they're setting up for a great conclusion. Uh, again, like I said, um, I'm nervous. Uh, is, I don't, do you want to step back in to, to take a beating there? I mean, Rocky was just all in. Like, what does he tell Adrian on the stairs in Rocky Four? In order for this guy to win, he's going to have to kill me. <laughs> like, Might have to do it. He's going to have to do it. It's just like, Donnie, I think, is maybe willing to go to the same thing. But I got to tell you, you know, just, you know, one of the other really kind of great scenes in between this, and then we get to another interesting training montage for this, uh, for this franchise, wink, wink till later, right? Uh, this whole interesting subplot with his wife's progressive hearing loss, and now they have this child, and that scene uh, where they're testing the the little girl's hearing and nothing's registering on the the machine or whatever, and they kind of think it's hereditary, and just kind of the the tears that they're sharing between each other of God, another hurdle, this this other thing that we gotta cope with and deal with. Uh, on top of all this boxing bullshit and shenanigans, right? Really understated of just just how good these films are when they're emotional human components. It's not about boxing one hundred percent of the time, right? It's about these people, and we want to see them succeed. Uh, no, I think, I think that again, to, to, to your credit, I feel like we're beating a dead horse at this point. The writing in this film is, is really good. It's just as good as the last time out. Again, I still feel some Kugler <laughs> and I, and let me talk about those real quick here. Cause I've, I've mentioned it. I think just in the style, the way the film shot, I think this film is a little more glossy and a little less fine-tuned than the prior entry. Mm. Like, that film has some grit and some rawness to it in the cinematography and the, the the fighting sequences. Not that it's not also good here, but it's 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 missing a little bit of the Kugler edge. Mm. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you feel it throughout the whole movie or, like, in the... Let's say the fighting scene specific. I think or... the I think the whole movie. Okay, and not to chagrin. Like it's too pretty. A little bit. It's hmm. a, it's a, it's a little. Not to say that these beatings aren't horrendous, yeah, yeah. right? It's just it's a little less refined 
production wise because i think the guy that's directing this film i think he was the dp on the last film so he's like a cooler guy or is it more refined like they're making it uh, i'm I'm gonna have to go back and watch the two now and compare this i've never thought of this before i think the 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 first one just feels like a more raw boxing film in the vein of the first rocky film do do Uh, you think maybe he intentionally did that because like the first film you're trying to Donnie's trying to make a name for himself, right? Uh, it, it kind, could, of, kind of working on up, and now he's the champion. It so. could it could be intentional. It could be not. It was just like, gosh, like the, the, the Kugler touch of these training montages and these fight scenes might just be, they might just be a little bit better if he was back in the director's chair. But, of course, he's, you know, he's in Black Panther territory at this point, right? So yeah. I don't think we can see that. But, again, I won't chagrin the film. I think it's still good filmmaking. I think it's still good writing. It's good cinematography. It's good editing. It's good everything. It's just, I think it could be a little bit better. It's a slight complaint, right? I mean, yeah. digging. Further. Yeah, yeah just dig, digging deep. Yeah, digging, digging deep, right? You know, I'm trying. You know, I'm still having a great time watching this. Uh, but let's get to, you know, some staples here of, of this franchise. Let's set up the inevitable rematch. You got to think about this real hard. You got people that need you now. That's exactly why I can't lose. Buddy said the fight has to be in Russia. Take it or leave it. Russia. On their turf. So Russia it is. a clear advantage if it comes down to a judge's decision. Well, then we can't let it get to a judge's decision, right? Oh, shit. Call the motor. So we're training here tomorrow, 5 a.m.? Nah, I got other plans. You mean you want to go to Philly? No. Listen, you want to change things in a big way, and you need to make some big changes. We got to get oiled up, and we got to go run on the beach, Donnie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's the only way to beat this guy. Yep. No, we're going to the middle of the desert, and I don't know what Rocky's got going on over here, but he's got, like, desert gym going on. Like, what do you guys think of desert gym? I mean, if we got to get raw with the elements, mm-hmm. American raw to fight Ukrainian Russian raw, yeah, we got to get out of the city and we got to go do it in in Mother Nature, right? Mm-hmm. This I feel is is almost kind of a nod to Rocky Four, where mm-hmm. he's training in the snow in the wilderness, right? Yeah. This is like the next closest thing they can do. I personally, I'd love it. Uh, it's a cool environment to like what what can you do out there there's literally nothing you can train to pound the desert you sand can train <laughs> what <laughs> like bare knuckles train and sleep that's all you get to do for mm-hmm. however long they prep for this probably at least a month i would think but like it's it's brutal and i i love it i love it I love it too. The the one questionable piece of the strategy I have is the tire bit. 
when they both have to step their foot inside the tire and fight and learn how to fight on the inside. As much as I love Rocky, and I, I would never dare question his judgment, is that really how he wants Donnie to fight Drago? Is that close quarter? I just, uh, I mean, I guess since Drago's bigger, it would negate his reach. I, I buy that piece of it, get inside. Donnie should, per body type, be faster because he's got less mass to move, so you would assume that would be making him faster. But getting in there, and I, I get the metaphor of going through hell and learning how to take pain and and, and go through the fires of yeah. hell and be forged and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I, seriously, I get all that. But, man, is that really the strategy? Because Donnie had his ribs exploded in that first <laughs> fight. What? And if you're fighting on the inside like that, you're going to get your ribs hammered. Yeah. <laughs> like it looks cinematically awesome. I'm not done. I get that. Yeah. Strategically though. And I don't know the first thing about fighting, so I shouldn't even be posing these questions, but man. Okay. I'm um, okay. Rock. I think we need to bring the chickens out here. I think we need more Shit, speed. Man. <laughs> the one that really tripped me up was the neck weight. Yeah. I don't know what that does. Like, so I actually do know about this one. Because racers will do it also. That seems like just an injury waiting like, to happen. Like, like race car drivers will do it. It it reduces like whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. So the, the thicker strong. thicker neck, you don't you won't recoil as much. I got to figure you do that like one wrong way and you got a bad injury on your oh, hands. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. I've never done it. I just know the reason it's it exists, but. You know, the one that tripped me out was, okay, so in Ukraine, the Russians lifting pallets and doing God knows what in there, but it was his his rope jump from stomach to feet. Oh, the, the battle ropes, Superman push-up, what the hell was the... the, the or the pull-up while two plates were chained to him. Yeah, dude. It's like, gosh. Dude, this guy's on another, this guy's on another planet. <laughs> What are you doing? Impressive. Yeah. Whew. But that's why we tune in. You know, we'll just watch him hit the speed bag. That's kind of fun. But mostly we want to see these kind of crazy things. Yeah, do something nuts. Rocky was chopping trees down in the in mm. Rocky Four. I mean, he was doing crazy stuff too. So no, I, 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 I don't chagrin the training sequence. It's I love how unique it is. And it's just, it's so different than anything we, we've kind of had before. We see Donnie struggle and then we kind of see him kind of gather it together and He's got the strength, and so we're off to to Mother Russia to have a rematch. I mean, I'm still nervous. I just I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, and here we are in the enemy's home territory, and it's a bit of home. Let's talk about that scene real quick. We kind of jumped over it. What do you guys think of that scene where they're at like a state's dinner with the Russian premier emissary? Putin's probably floating around over there too. And, you know, this is for Victor, your people's champion, your Russian champion. And then mom comes in and there's this hush over the crowd. And I don't know what her title is, right? Empress, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doesn't acknowledge son other than like a... Hello, Victor. Yeah. And they both get up and... Or he gets up and leaves and just the shame, right, of mom leaving us because we weren't good enough. What's going on here with these guys and this weird relationship here? I enjoy that scene because it, it, for me, it makes you a little sympathetic for Victor. Again, yeah, we're doing the villains good in this thing, yeah. 
and even Ivan, like you watch Rocky Four, there's no sympathy. positive attributes or attributes to have sympathy towards Ivan, right? But now in this movie, I feel bad for the guy. And mm-hmm. this scene, like you said, it's it's there's an awkwardness to it mm-hmm. that is you can feel. And then Victor walking out and then him and Ivan having the dialogue quick. I think it's only like four lines. It's it's pretty quick. But that dialogue just back and forth talking about, you know, the, all these people abandoned you once you lost. Why do you expect me to fight for them? Quote, unquote. That's fair. Uh, so, so you see why Victor's struggling with, I guess, the, the added pressure from people he could care less about. Yeah. What's your diagnosis? <laughs> that his dad is really proud of him, even though he won't say it. Yeah. And confident in him. I almost feel like in that dinner scene, Drago admits that I'm not trying to get back at them. Although they did do us wrong. I want you to realize that you can be great without them. Mm -hmm. Kind of tells him that in so many words. And you get a nice look at the briefest of brief moments where maybe Drago isn't entirely monster all the time. Like it still comes across really cold and it's really driven and still edgy. And there's nothing soft about this approach. But the line that you would want him to say is, yeah, Victor, fuck all them. We're going to show them. And he doesn't say that, which I think is, again, to what we've talked about over and over, really well written. Because if Victor, if, if, if Ivan says, we hate them and we're going to prove to them, blah, blah, if he comes across that way, okay, that's on the nose. And that's exactly what you would expect, but he doesn't. Um, he basically comes across, we have to be better and not lose this time. And you won't lose this time. Well, and because I don't know if winning makes life any different for Drago. I think Marcel's got more money tied to this. It, I think it improves the name a little bit more than it, it. than it had been, right? I mean, it's, it, it's, it also adds to the sympathy for Drago that, mm-hmm. okay, he's truly, I think, wanting a better life for his son. She not left even, us because I lost. Not even, mm-hmm. he doesn't want a better life for himself. He wants a better life for Victor, For his right? son, And right. he's like, this is how a, you do it. It's right. Good, good dad. This it's is a good, how you it's do it. It's a good dad. You have a set of skills, son. It's time to make sure that you're using those skills as well as we can, or you can use them. And I'll use my knowledge and my whatever I can to bestow that upon you. Like, that's a good dad. Like, I mean, isn't the line that we want Victor to say is, or Ivan to say is, when we win this fight, we're going to walk right up to um, the ex-Mrs. Drago, and we're going to flip her the bird. It's not. I don't even know if he cares. Like, I think his, he's it's not a style. I think he's hurt that she shows up the way she does and barely acknowledges Victor's existence. But it's more about reclaiming the name that Rocky took from him. But that's the whole, that's the the name of the film is Creed. (laughs) That's his battle too, right? Right. It's trying to prove the name right. Right. So we finally get to it, right? We're here in Russia. The Russian comes out to, I think it's a pretty good pomp and circumstance. I think people are excited about Drago again. There's some, there's some weight to that. And then I'm going to play it here. Let's see if you guys get pretty pumped here. But then Creed comes out. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, these guys, they're ready to do battle here. We're in the hallway. 
right like remember why you're stepping into this ring like it can't be because everyone in the world wants you to and they want to see and pay for pay-per-view uh russia super fight part two you gotta want to step into this thing like this has to be about more than just like you have to do it right Mm -hmm. why are you doing it oh man what a great i get pumped there just like this light show and just (laughs) it's like like oh i'm ready to fight i'm ready to go to war (laughs) uh and so we, we get into it, and it was a moment that was in the trailer, and I just, I, I knew just the ramifications of it. Like, the moment of Balboa and Drago staring down in the ring when they're touching gloves. Whew, man, you could, just, just the tension. You, just, you could cut it with a knife. It's so good. Of just all that history that's led to this moment, and... They, they wouldn't say it. Ivan Drago and Rocky wouldn't say it, but their legacy is kind of impacted by how this fight goes, right? Sure. How we trained our pro, uh, progeny uh, and how they're going to perform here is going to have some weight on our fight as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. A lot on the line, huh? A lot on the line here. So it kind of goes. It's kind of not going great again. I mean, Donnie steps into this thing. He's, you know, he's got some energy. He's got, he's, you know, he's kind of moving pretty well. But then, dude, Victor, it's just it's just his stature. He just has those power, those haymakers he has. They're powerful, and you feel them, too. The sound design, like, it just, you feel the, the, the weight of them. And then after round one, you're like, ugh, is this going to go the same way it did? And then, of course, in traditional Rocky fashion, the you get the end of round two, turnaround, and then you're like, no, we got to fight on our hands here. What do you guys think of this bout here? Like, what what are some highlights for you? Like, what what, what do you think of how this all plays out? I enjoy this fight because, like, the tra- the whole training, the the basis of their strategy, wrong or right, we don't know, <laughs> is you're gonna get beaten. <laughs> get used to it. Yeah. Like, learn how to take it. Yeah. Right. And he definitely gets beaten throughout this whole fight. And I think even the commentators comment, like, Creed keeps getting getting knocked down, but he keeps getting up. He keeps getting up, which he didn't do last fight. And then uh, they also make the comment, like, because they do the the middle rounds quick, right? Mm -hmm. Typical, typical fighting cinematic style, right? You do the middle, middle rounds quick, and they comment, like, oh, we're in round eight or whatever, and... Victor's never been past four in his professional career. And (laughs) this is a long fight for him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the strategy. 
that is a legitimate strategy, especially when you're the smaller guy. Mm -hmm. Like, if they haven't been conditioned to do this is a championship fight, so a twelve round, twelve round bout. Yeah. You know, survive. That's why Muhammad Ali did the rope a dope, right? Yep. Uh, yep. You survive. Let them tire themselves out, and once they're tired, their defense gets sluggish. They're not going to have power, the same power behind their punches. That's when you attack, and that's that's the strategy he's employing in in this fight. And I think it it comes through with with how they shoot it and fast forward and things. The trick on that though is, and you're absolutely right, Brett. That's that is a legitimate boxing strategy. Just outweight the heavier guy. Weight W A I T, not W E I G H T. Is on the road to outweighting them. You can't take so much damage that you're too broken to where you can't get off the chair at the stool in the seventh round either. And that's what Donnie's up against. You can see the strategy, and it's kind of working, but he is taking massive damage along the way. And the thing about that is, depending how conditioned the fighter is, it really puts you up against it. We know he's not going to win a decision because the Russian judges are going to vote in favor of a victor. Got to knock him out. And frankly, if we look at that fight, poor rounds, it probably is at best eight to four, victor eight, Donnie four. At best. And maybe nine three if you put the home court advantage into it. So that leaves you with a round and a half, maybe the last part of 11 through 12, when the guy you're fighting is exhausted to put him down. But you're also exhausted because he's kicked your ass for 10 and a half rounds. (laughs) So it's a very tenuous strategy to say the least. And all of that training going through hell, you better have gone through worse in that hell. And certainly taking a sledgehammer to put a three-inch hole in the earth would be indicative of the amount of work you put in. That's just giving you arthritis. No that, kidding. That ain't giving you strength. It had to have worked. So again, now Donnie's entire purpose, familial, philosophic, uh, physical, you name it, domestic, is hinging on, what, four and a half minutes? Yeah. Whew. Well, it's a huge gamble of strategy, right? Because it's like, who knows? Maybe Victor is conditioned. This guy, yeah, yeah right. Like, no, here's the thing. It's a gamble on the unknown, right? Nope. Right, <laughs> exactly. Because if Victor is in good shape, you're fucked. And, yeah. and, and, here's, and here's the thing. It was Rocky strategy in Rocky Four too. It was just like, here's this little guy who's Three, like, two. Three yeah. a little bit also. Yeah. Uh, just make it to the end. Uh-huh. And what does Duke Burton tell him at the end? Is like, you got to go for the knockout if you want to beat this guy. Like, you've made it this far. This far, He's exhausted. You're exhausted. But in order to win, you got to knock out. They're in the exact same boat here, right? Yeah, they're punched out. But you maybe he's so punched out and you're so punched drunk that you don't have anything left either. And you know what I really appreciate in, the, in this thing is so, you know, Dolph Lundgren, PhD, Mr. Lundgren in mm-hmm. the corner over mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is anytime Victor has like a good hit or like knocks Donnie down, he kind of does like this little like side eye to Bridget Nielsen yeah. and her, See that? her guy, Chancellor, whatever the fuck, like yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> Chancellor uh, Vodka. Yeah. Of uh, like, you see that? Are you impressed? Yeah. You see your son? Yeah. And you know what's tragic about that? She doesn't give him the time of day anytime he makes a glance over there. Nope. And she bails on this fight when Leaves. it's heads in south. Dude, that's sad. Oh, she's hateable. Really hateable, yeah. I can't believe they got her back for this film. To that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> thanks for getting the characters back, right? Yeah. I do I do like in this fight also that, yes, it's going to take Creed. Creed's going to have to knock him out to win, right? Ooh. 
he doesn't get knocked down. Like the first time Drago gets knocked down yeah. is in the knockout. That I got to do it just, twice. <laughs> that just feels played out in two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not believable, especially in this franchise. David and Goliath <laughs> scenario. Yeah. Uh, so he actually does like go down multiple times. Drago does. And I I appreciate them adding that touch into the fight too. Just well, makes it more believable. Well, let's get right to it. The Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl. They didn't pump enough Rocky music into that stadium, man. <laughs> Their mistake. I don't know how you don't just get amped anytime you hear those themes. I mean, again, just knowing this franchise so well, to pepper in the Rocky music with Creed's own theme. Now you got like a weird combo of both themes going on at the same time. Like mm-hmm. you're in it. You're in it to win it. And you're just like, gosh, like I hope this guy knocks him out. And like you said, knocks him out a second time. And it was like, he ain't getting up from that one. Like, <laughs> I do love that he gets up, though. Yeah. Uh, of co- of course, Victor Drago's getting up. It's going to be a little harder than that. And the truth is, Drago Victor Jr. isn't the one that says that's enough. It's dad. Mm. He waves the towel. Dad's the one that says... What a great moment. And so to take robot Drago dad and now humanize him with, like, I can't put my th- son through this. Like, I love my son more than whatever this has meant our entire life because he's going to get killed. Yeah and wave it is such a poetic way to end this rivalry. And I think to an extent, extend a bit of an olive branch from Drago to Rocky. Not that Rocky needs to take it. Cause I don't know if these two ever need to be friends, 
but we will talk next week about kind of the friendship that, that Donnie and, and Victor have made by the time we get to rock to um, Creed three. Interesting. Is that just such respect for each fighter? Like my son, Rocky to Donnie, my son went through this Victor to um, or Ivan to Victor. My son went through this and they both are literally risking their most prized possession for some fucking legacy that was 35 years ago. Not worth it. But kind of still totally worth it at the same time. Yeah. There are so many things in play here. Well, I know you just, it's, it's ironic that uh, Drago throws in the towel when mm-hmm. Rocky didn't throw in the towel when he killed the man in the ring, right? I mean... Even that's kind of Drago beating Rocky. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rog- right? I mm-hmm. mean, like, Rocky wins the fight against Drago yeah. and Rocky Four. Yeah. Does Drago, in kind of a backwards way, win the humanity fight against Rocky in this? Cause, Possibly. Yeah, maybe, huh? He he wins, at least at this point, he wins the top father, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, right. And if this movie's about <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. You're right. worth more to me than just this boxing match. I'd rather have you around than beaten to a pulp, right? There's a, and there's more days coming for Victor. That's He's still a, young. There's more other days coming. I'm telling you, like, I haven't seen a turn like that with the villain in a really long time. Like, right. he's the quote-unquote capital V villain of the film? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I love my son. Stop hurting him. <sighs> I can't chagrin that. I, yeah, to that. Yeah. Well, and I even like the second time Victor gets knocked down, that's when the Russian important people... <laughs> <laughs> Emissary of fight. evil. Leave, leave the fight, right? And Chancellor Vodka. The Dragos look <laughs> at each other, and Ivan says, "Get up! We still got fight. Yeah. We're not fighting for them. Yeah, there's, there's, we're fighting for us. We're fighting for, you know, yeah, better pastures or, or whatever. So he even get before the towel scene. He, you even start to see Drago, mm-hmm. Ivan, as a father, right? Yeah, he's just like. You can tell he's it's, thinking about it. Yeah. That's powerful. I mean, it's just like, this. I thought that was just, hey, I thought that was just a boxing movie. Uh, kind of not people. Like, there's a lot more going on in these films than just people punching each other. And part of the reason I love this movie so much is because, like, Rocky Four, who in their right mind was like, you know what movie, you know what character I want to see more of? Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. Other than the Rocky no one, fanatics like us, no one else. Yeah, no one, or at least the humanity side yeah. of Ivan, right? Yeah. And we get this in this movie. I don't think anyone was really asking for it, but I'm here for it. And do you I hear that, Marvel? It. Do you hear I Brett saying, yeah. Marvel, do you hear it? Because destroying the world to rule over rubble is bullshit. Yeah. It can be something as simple as taking this terrible human being as we perceive them and giving them for one moment feet of clay, a frailty, a vulnerability, and you totally turn the narrative. And you know where else they've done that really well? Yeah. To Cobra Kai's credit. I'm telling you, the Cobra Kai spinoff is, has taken the, probably the best lessons from this franchise. Yes. And that's such a you, good way to do a spinoff. You watching that show, Brett? It's in my queue. I oh have, my God. I've watched Get it to the uh, tippy just top a couple episodes. Yeah, you got to keep going. Okay, it just keeps getting better. And when that show, you're thinking like, I don't know if there's any more distance this show can go. They they surprise you again. Like, there's gonna be some times you're like, God, Larissa, just fuck off, man. Johnny, kick his ass. Stop being a dick. Yeah, Yeah. stop stop being so. 
pretentious all the time. And my thing is like, you know, I have all these kids and they have all their drama, right? And I'm just like, man, if these kids would just sit and talk to each other and explain things, yeah. they wouldn't get in a tiff. And they're so hot headed. They're just like Adonis, right? I mean, it's like youth fury. And I get it. Ultron's the worst, Jesse. Oh no, he's Ultron's the worst. <laughs> it's the embodiment of everything. Doomsday, Steppenwolf. Yes. Yeah. It's the worst. Because they had something there that could have been a realistic villain that's trying to claim as much as I hate sentience in AI, like it would have worked there. I'm not a mistake. And I'm not a mistake is a great villain trope. And I will go through all these lengths to prove I'm not a mistake. It's also a great hero trope. But when you realize in, in Drago's case, Drago senior, my son wasn't a mistake and you throw in the towel, it changes the entire narrative on what we've thought about Drago, was that 85? Yep. Yeah. Yep. 30 years almost. No, 40 years almost. It's powerful. I dig it. That's why I love this franchise. How can you not? Yeah. Yeah. How can you not? They give you little moments like that. And we're about to get the best one yep. of the film so far. So, you know, Creed wins. He retains his belt. He's proved, yeah, I can stand in the ring with this guy. Yeah, I'm the real champion. Yeah, I beat the guy that killed my dad, his son, right? <laughs> But we're not done yet. We're just going to go. We're going to go make peace with everything because we're all about breaking bread in this franchise. And mm -hmm. I'm going to go to my dad's grave because this is someplace I've never been before in the past. Dude, Apollo Creed's like mausoleum plate grave. Dude, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, but he's never talked to dad before like this, like mm -hmm. almost like a force ghost in Star Wars. Just like I did it. You know, I didn't do it for you. I didn't do it. I did it for me. I did it for the name. I want to introduce you to someone. This would be your granddaughter juxtaposed with Rocky. Finally, I got to go make peace with my son. And I got to tell you a little Rocky going up to those steps, mm. meeting that little boy. And then his son who like, again, to this franchise's credit of getting the original people back that were established in these roles. Mm -hmm. My little Ventimiglia. Uh, I don't think he was really had a whole lot of gigs going from between now and then like what they ripped him away from. Well, he was very available. He was say. big on that. This is a show. I know. Anyway, but you know, they get him and just seeing them in the doorway and it's weird and awkward, but you see them trying to let's fix this. Yeah. Cause be in my son's life. Yeah. Let's go play catch outside and dude, Rocky break in there and I it, love that he gives him that little blue ball that yeah, he's been bouncing stupid, for 50 yeah, years. Bouncing that dude, the, the germs, the, of, the germs of Philadelphia on that thing. Uh, I, I love it. It's, and if that's the, 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 the crowning final moment of the Rocky Balboa character, let's go out with the bang. So be it. I mean, yeah. it's a great finale. What do you guys think? I mean, you've said a little bit, but what do you think of this ending? Yeah. I really like it. I like the back and forth, the, the monologue of Creed. Creed at his father's grave while you go to a scene of Rocky going up to his son's house. Mm -hmm. I like how he also just goes to his house. Like if it was just a phone call, yeah. like he yeah, talks no. about or hesitates to multiple not, times not the same. throughout this movie. Yeah. If it's just a phone call, it's not the same, but actually going to his house saying the little, you know, Funny Rocky bit. Oh, I was in the neighborhood. He's in Canada. Yeah. Last I checked. <laughs> what did you say, Vancouver? <laughs> Vancouver or something. <laughs> or whatever. And props to them on the little the little boy. Spit an image of 
Both Adrian. of them. Both, oh, yeah. and Adrian too. You're right. Yeah. I almost wonder if it is. Interesting. You're right. She does, Jason just, Schwartzman's kid. Like <laughs> yeah. as soon as soon as I saw that kid, I was like, "He's a they could They could be a family. Like mm-hmm. I, I totally buy that. That's great casting like, on the Balboa lineage. There, right? There's hardly any dialogue, even in that part. They just share a glance. He gives the ball to the kid, and then he says, and all he says, "You want to come, come inside? That's it. Yeah. And then they give the, they embrace. They have a hug, and I'm like, that is. The perfect touch and what I wanted from that. It was, it was perfect. Matt, if this is truly the final moment of the Rocky Balboa character, and this is the last time we see him on screen in this moment, uh, does that work for you? Wins his most important fight, Dedney. Yeah. Getting off the mat one more time. And that's the family fight that he's been striving to keep together this whole time. So he wins his most important battle, the yeah. champion, the ever fucking. Yeah. Off the mat champion one more time. Yeah. He's defeated everybody that's been in his path. Yeah. With his Tommy hands. the machine gun in the streets. Yeah. You better believe it. Everybody with his hands, can he finally get over that? Whatever obstacle it is with his heart is ridiculous as I can't believe that I just said that, but I just did. It's the truth. Yeah. Because, and this is, you know, right up our alley, right? Yeah. Family. Let's throw some of that in there. It's all about name and legacy. If you go back to the Rocky Balboa episode, Robert Jr.'s biggest beef that he had to live with was, oh my God, my last name's Balboa. I can't live out of that shadow, right? Yeah. If Creed's thing is about name and legacy, Victor's thing is about name and legacy. It's the same thing here too. It's threefold. I have to just nod my head to Creed 2 for at a time, when did this come out? 19? 18. 18. In the height of, we don't want anything to do with remotely resembling a male trite in any movie produced this movie. We're not going to double down. We're going to fucking triple down on dads and sons. And we're going to make a movie about that. It's going to rock. And I have to say to all of the people involved in that from Avildsen to is this, what is this paramount? Who is this? No MGM MGM. Thank you. Warner brothers. Yeah. Thank you for not having to go, well, it's not about a mom or a girl. Like it just said, this is a movie about dudes and let's go. And it's not to say that the mothers don't. Oh, the huge role, huge role. Have huge importance in this film. Mama Creed, Mama Drago, Bianca, Bianca, the ghost of Adrian. His daughter. Floating around this film. Exactly. Like their weight is felt in this. Like Yes, yes. Everyone needs to go back and listen to when we did Rockies one through six Mm -hmm. in a row, which was fantastic, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh and just understand why this franchise is so revered by us and kind of talked down upon, I think, still. Like, Shame on I people. just don't think it's appreciated as like a great film franchise like The Godfather or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. These films are all solid, other than five, which is sucks. Mm-hmm. This, this is a very foolproof franchise that understands its characters and does new things with them in each entry. Like, what, what, how can you chagrin that? One another thing, it's like, how do you do this with boxing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, boxing after boxing movie after boxing movie. It is the character development. It's like, yeah, it's a boxing movie, but we care about the characters. We care about their relationships. That's why they there's grow, so much staying power. They grow this. in each film. Yeah, you know, we can talk about. <clears throat> basic storytelling, and that's man versus man, man versus himself, man versus nature. Man versus machine. Okay. <laughs> but then or two. Yeah. 
I think what boxing gives you is three of those things at the same time. Man versus man, obviously the battle in the ring. Whatever your opponent presents is your greatest fear, man versus yourself. Am I relevant? Am I relevant enough to even get in the ring with Apollo Creed? And I'm not going to win this fight. This guy's going to kick my face in, but I'm going to go the distance no matter what. That's man versus himself. And then when you get into man versus nature, it's how much beating can you take before your body just says, that's it. Whether that's age or just physical toll, that's just it. And then you add what you just said, man versus machine. Dude, Drago. Drago. Yeah. I think that's why boxing plays so well. The superhero power, the protagonist, I'm sorry. Yeah, the protagonist supreme trait that they have is I'm not going to give up. And you know why boxing is so relatable is on some level, we all deal with that all the time. May not to that extreme. I've never had some six foot eight, 300 pound person wanting to punch my lights out, but dude, I could take one punch from Florian. Dude, I'm dead. Dead. <laughs> dude, I'm dead. not surviving. You probably would break your neck yeah. actually because of that neck exercise. <laughs> That's very real. You, you'd pass out just watching him get ready to punch you. Be real. Brutal, brutal thing. <laughs> And so I think that's why boxing is a genre that some sometimes goes a little bit away and is maybe forgotten, but I think there's always going to be buy-in because at, at our core, everybody's got a boxing match on some level against something else, whether it's your boss, yeah. <laughs> family member, fucking IRS, <laughs> insert whatever villain and it's called life in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, Super one, relatable. it's 1v1, right? Yeah. It's not all these... Other factors. You don't fly. You don't have a cape. You're not yeah. magic. You just, can you be Fa- more strong-willed? Face- faceless armies fighting against faceless people, right? I mean, yeah. It, it, you just buy it. It's just, it, it feels real. It, there, there's such a sense of realism through this entire series. I mean, think about this and, for and a minute, to, guys. And to Cobra Kai as well. I mm-hmm. mean, it's the same thing. I mean, it's karate, and there's a different finesse there compared to boxing, but they're tapped into the exact same theme that the, this franchise is as well. Funny that Avildsen directed Karate Kid Part 1, right? Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's why we like Castaway, too. Yeah. It's, although Tom Hanks in that movie doesn't train, they both work on the same premise. It's that I have to go through this physical hell on the daily so that I can take the physical hell that's coming. And there's a toll to all of that. And that's, we all do that on some level. Every one of us does that on some level on the daily. Amen. To that, amen. To the to the human condition. Amen. You love the human condition on The Walking Dead, don't you? We don't I? <laughs> We're just not going to talk about it for 20 minutes and then die. Exactly. All righty, guys. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, what's your favorite tasting note, favorite scene sequence of Creed Part 2? I'll go first. Uh, you played the sound. It's when he's on all fours and it's the repeated... Jackhammer fists into the mat. Boom, 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 boom. As he's rallying a war drum from Creed's past to get up one more time and keep going one more time. That's my favorite part. Uh, I saw this movie with my wife and my daughter. And uh, by the time it was done, I was an absolute mess. I mean, even mid fight, I was a mess. I'm not, I will admit it. I cried my ass off in this film. Yeah. And that part right there. I'll never forget it because I was, you know, in a state, an emotional state. Yeah. And I feel my daughter's little hand grab my hand. Oh, she's getting into it. Yeah. So sweet. This franchise has the power to just get you there. It gets you to that emotional level of like, again, to the credit of Rocky One's genius ending. 
they're literally spouting out his losing results from the split decision, and he's just at he's just like screaming for his love. Like, I'm in love. You kill me, dude. You're like, you just get out of here. Yeah. And then Yo Adrian, we did it. Oh, dude, I can't. Rocky won two Balboa and just essentially this entire franchise. Just I can't keep it together. I know. It 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 it, it gnaws at me in a very particular way. Great moment. Yay. Uh tasting note for me. I think they do the fight intros fantastic in this dude. They're in these movies. Uh, in particular, you played the sound bit for it too. The "I Will Go to War," uh, Creed's final intro yeah. in Russia, mm-hmm. sung by Tessa Thompson. Yeah, like man, you talked about getting hyped. Like we're ready to fight. Yeah, I'm ready after that intro. Oh, yeah. oh I love that intro. Mm-hmm. Did you really sing it? Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, mine, uh, uh, favorite tasting note. I think I really like, because I think it was set up so early on in the trailers for me, that first scene at Adrian's between Drago and Rocky, I just, I felt the weight of what that meant between those two guys, but also for the film that they, the story that they were going to tell with the new characters, right? It was legacy meets new cast and, I was ready for that clash. And then it's at his wife's restaurant too. I mean, there's some, and how fitting too. I mean, Rocky has no photos of that particular fight in his restaurant. Yeah. There's some shame there with that particular fight. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what's your, Oh my God. I mean, are we all picking? I'm picking. I'm picking Creed Beatdown Part 1. <laughs> Just ribs, b- busted kidney, piss and blood. Dude, I got... I, it's quite the beatdown. Uh, that is one of mine. I actually have two. That's one of them. The DQ punch specifically is just brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Amara, the, the baby girl, her hearing test. Jesus Christ, that, yeah. That shreds me. Yeah, can this guy get a break, please? Can we get a break? Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, mine's in fight two. It's the same moment as fight one, but it's the secondary break because he gets his ribs broken in fight two as well. Uh, and yeah. It has to fight one-handed again. And it's specifically, you said it, the sound design. Yeah. Every shot that that Creed takes is like cracking wood over your knee. It just, there's so much damage. You can hear it shattering his bones. And that particular one, when he hits the same goddamn right ribs again and blows them up again. So essentially you've made a one-armed fighter. It's like Rocky too. You broke my nose again, right? It's an improvement. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. The um, injury the injury you try to subvert from the first fight, it happens again, right? Yeah. And you still have to overcome it. And he's got to keep his left what his right wing down to protect. I don't it. know how you fight like that. One handed? Against a fighter that's stronger and taller than you? Yeah. It's tough. Who's the master distiller on Creed 2? I'll go. Yeah. Um, I think it's Victor. I mean, there's there's 10 people we could choose in this. Florian. Yeah, he's really good, but he's he's a, a complex villain without having a lot of dialogue. Uh, it's done mostly through his physical prowess on screen and how it's used and what it means. Um I'm not one that's a big fan of, especially just post-Oscar season and Brendan Fraser winning the whale, which good for him. That physical transformation. Yeah. That goes through that um, is basically just eat or get in the gym. 
it comes down to one of the things. And both of those are notable achievements to put on the weight necessary to be in either one of those cases. Like, I don't disregard that by any means. De Niro, right? Raging Bull. Sure. Yeah. Okay, thank you. But for Murnau, or however we're saying, Florian to kind of exist in that space continually, because that's what he needs to do in order to make the career that he's made in boxing, and then use that smartly the way they do in the film, um, as not just this imposing force, but... You can tell he's the offspring of Drago because they're similarly built. Yeah. But it's more imposing, yet also a little bit more, dare I say, naive, malleable. By the time we get to Drago in, in Rocky Four, that's hardened. That's Russian steel through many, many fires. Victor, still a little bit of shaping there. I, like, I don't think Victor's going to be evil the way Drago was sort of evil in four. Mm -hmm. But at the tutelage of his dad and armed with that kind of weaponry, that's what I'm getting to. Okay, that's a really long answer for that one. Sorry, go. <laughs> no, that's good. Hold your thought. There's something I, I, I absolutely have to do right now. Oh. Uh, I have to show you guys a deleted scene from this film. I'm going to play it for you guys. We're going to stop. I'm going to play it. And then I want you guys to respond, should this have been in the final cut or okay. not. Okay, so we just watched the clip. So it's deleted scene from this film. It's kind of post-fight. You know, Adonis goes and talks to Victor about, I think kind of interesting, telling him, like, you're not, it's not just this fight. It's past this. Like, you're not, it's, your legacy isn't just whatever this was. It's whatever's after this. Don't let this moment define you. I've been in your shoes before. And I think that's some interesting piece of advice. And like you're saying, it might be something that leads into the next film, possibly. Uh <clears throat> and I love this moment of Adonis V. Drago in a stare of just like, I understand what you are, I understand what you did, and then I'm walking out, right? And then there's this interesting moment where Rocky walks by, and then him and Drago kind of share just a slight head nod of admiration, respect, maybe. But that's it. No word shared. We move on. Deleted scene... You think it should have been in the film? I like it not being in the film, actually. Uh, if the bit between Creed and Victor, and even the nod between Creed and uh, Ivan, yeah, that would have been okay. I don't like the extra bit with Rocky. Like you said, there's no dialogue. It's very short. But I think that's what they tried to achieve in that scene was achieved implicitly. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel it was unnecessary. And in the grand scheme of things, not to spoil anything, yeah. but there's some influence on that specific scene, scene in Creed 3. Yeah. Miguel? Yeah. No, I don't want it in there either. Uh, so much of that's done... If you can do it sure. post-fight yeah. with after the judges have gone to the card or we get the judgment. I'm okay with that scene if it's one bit different. And that's, I don't know if Donnie is at a place yet in the film where I'm comfortable with him saying, your whole entire life isn't defined by this fight. I'm not sure I'm buying that has, just yet. Has he even learned that? Yet? I don't think he's learned that yet. But what I am buying this is if he sits down and says, Hey man, I think tonight we were both fighting for your both fighting for the sins of our fathers. And today 
I'm exercising both those sins and I forgive you and you forgive me and you're me and you're like, and we have that moment that is like, I'm, I'm me, you're you, and we can be us. And then if Creed, and then if, what would be actually be even better, I'm a sour mash this. If Drago and Rocky are just listening to that conversation from the wing off screen. Yeah. And then we head out, then it's in, but I don't, I'm not sure that for all the things that Donnie is, I don't know if he's wise enough to come to that place quite yet. I think yeah. he can get there. It gets there in three. I buy that in three. Yeah. I don't know if I buy that yet from him. Yeah. It's a little too cross-teased and dotted eyes for me. Yeah. It, it just seems like a little extra, but I like the possibility of like what it alludes to. Sure. Especially Drago and Donnie kind of sharing this moment of, yeah, I recognize what both of these people are, right? In this post-defeat moment defeated men in, in that regard. I kind of like the little rocky bit of just like slight head nod of like, mm-hmm. this is as much of a relationship as we're going to have. And that's enough right now. Enough of a nod of respect, right? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, but it's exorcism from the film. I'm okay with this. Well, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated with that very particular deleted scene. I told you there's a, a deleted spider Rico funeral scene that you might take interest in. Matt. Yeah. I'm going to buy a shirt that says president of the spider Rico fan club. Speaking of which, and I want to get to your master distiller and then we'll keep wrapping this up. But uh, since we're on a tab open right now, I did some deep diving on spider Rico action figure for you. Mm. Turns out this was a thing uh, for the, I think, the 30th anniversary of Rocky 1, so 76, 86, 2006. Yep, that'd be about right. For each film, they had eight action figures per film. Damn. You could get a Joe Spinelli action figure oh, from cool. Rocky 1. That's cool. In his like little, like you know, collecting suit or whatever. Uh-huh. And then they had eight figures for Rocky two for three, four, five. And I think Rocky Balboa, cause the film came out that year, seven, uh, 2006. Yeah. Did I miss on not buying that? Is it worth a fortune now? We missed out on like 48 action figures. That would be awesome. Like Damn it. there was like three Rocky variants per film. There was like a couple creeds. Mm. There's some, Hey, on eBay, they could still be got. So mm. depends on how much we want to spend. <laughs> Should have bought it. Should have bought the Spider Rico. Hey, maybe for Christmas, man. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll show up in your stock. There you go. Santa, you hear that? Here you go. Who's your master distiller on Creed 2, Brett? Mine has to be, uh, I think I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Ludwig Gornson. Did the music. The composer. Yeah. I'm big on music. Kind of like you, Jesse. Yep. I mean, we all are to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Good music makes every scene better. Sure. Yeah. The composition of like orchestral music with bass and hip hop type beats, yeah. like in the training montage. Yeah, I did not know that existed. I think it and was they eight, do eight. it, or he does it so well. Yeah, I think it's ASAP Rocky in the training yeah, montage. It yeah. is. It yeah. is. And it's called Running have a creed playlist that i listen to all the time nerd but (laughs) but yeah just the marriage between those styles integrating them is so good and even just like the dramatic scenes in this like the the adrian's restaurant there's there's a lot of space in between those words Mm -hmm. and there's just these tones 
and they elevate that scene. The Rocky franchise has had such good music from beginning to this current moment, right? Ludwig, Academy Award winner for the Black Panther soundtrack. And he's kind of, I think, Nolan's guy now. He's doing Oppenheimer. So there well, we go. He's we'll doing be, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we'll hear. I think he does The Mandalorian, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That little, yeah. Yeah, that, do, 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 do. that's him. Yeah, exactly. Pretty Who's cool. Yours? Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think it's Dolph Lundgren. I mean, he's so good as this aged version of this hateable villain that killed one of my favorite characters of all time in a way that softens him, yet still makes him the villain of the film. His performance is great. And Daniel and the Chagrin Stallone, they're Chagrin and Lundgren. You should have, man. This like, he's smarter than any person in this room. Was this like PhD in nuclear engineering? Like, dude, that guy's like literally a rocket scientist, rocket scientist. I think he's a good actor. He's a good screen presence. He's a good foil, especially for Stallone in the films they've shared expendables, you know, some of these films, but he's really good here. And I think it works really well because they cast his son really well, this Florian uh, Muntanau. Uh, but, yeah, he's good. I never thought I would say that ever. <laughs> right. I love that that's who you went with to that. Good job. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Where did it go south for him? Was it He-Man? Uh, what happened? Uh, yeah. What happened? It was He-Man. It was He-Man. <laughs> Punisher, right? I don't, what yeah. happened? It was a lot of bad cast. It was big, being cast as kind of like Stallone. It was like, I'm going to play the stupid action hero, right? And everyone thinks I'm dumb and stupid and just, and it's it's C-tier action, right? He-Man shouldn't have sucked, though. That should have been a really good film. I know. He-Man right? was fucking awesome. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad he's good in this. Me too. To how, him. How are you guys going to rate and grade Creed 2? We have Rocket, Well, Call, Single Barrel, and Top Shelf. Brett, I'll let you go first. Were you ranking your third favorite movie of all time? <laughs> exactly. It is my third favorite movie of all time. So, hey, well, What are the other two for Yeah, the I want to know that too. Number one is The Lion King. <laughs> From That's been my favorite movie since I was a child and love everything about it. The animated, the original from 94. Okay. Dude, it's a masterpiece. The film's great. Uh, second is another ki- uh, another film from my childhood that I could just rewatch all day, every day, The Sandlot. I'm mm. a big baseball guy, and that movie just makes you happy. That's, yeah. It's just a good time. So this slots in at number three. So obviously, that's going to be top shelf and the top of the top shelf. It's awesome. Uh, also top shelf for me, I'm not going to give this single barrel because I do want the formula that Rocky has set up to be followed in this. I don't want something because we did that with Rocky Five and you saw how that went. So sometimes don't make Tusk Fleetwood Mac. Just make Rumors Part 2. Um, and this was not Tusk. This was Rumors Part 7. Anyway, uh, top shelf. Uh, can't sing its, its virtues high enough. There's not a bad scene in this. It's rock solid in the premise of character development. The conflict is believable. Uh, the one thing you might kind of question raising an eyebrow came up last week, this week a little bit again, and that's the outweight class element. But, you know, we don't want to watch something that is not this larger than life obstacle we have to take down because it sort of flies in the face of what good conflict is, and that's the physical presence there. So uh, to Michael B. Jordan who's carved himself out quite a nice little niche in history with some very iconic characters and doing it quite well and now moving into director and Mm -hmm. producer. 
Uh, he's got his fingerprints on a lot of really good to come, and I can only look forward to the next iteration of whatever Creed franchise, and I pray to God that Netflix thing goes off that you're talking about, Jesse, that it comes some series. But I love this film. Yeah. I, I, I like this one more than number one. Mm. Um, I do see Jesse's uh, differences with this director versus Kugler. It doesn't bother me the way it does you, but I do think you're onto something there. I, I still think, I think the gloss in this is enough for me yeah. to... I think it highlights the film in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it too. It's not top three for me, Brett, but I do, I do absolutely top 50. I do love it. In a way that the gloss from Avildsen to Stallone directing Rocky two, that you kind of see the differences between sure. those two guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to go single barrel again this week. I, it's just like, I think everyone is sleeping on the Creed franchise and the Rocky franchise as, you know, silly or stupid or just one dimensional. It's, Never been that. It can be farther from the truth of that. And another sequel to a subsequel of another franchise, of an, another existing franchise, it's a winner. It's just, it's so entertaining. It's so fulfilling on so many different levels. Uh, this is a unique experiment in film where this spinoff is playing on par with its franchise counterpart. Like, I, like we tried that with Star Wars. Dude, dude, solo a Star Wars story was ass. I mean, mm-hmm. we've tried this game before with other spinoffs, with other film franchises, and it's, it doesn't play. Rocky is an exception. Creed is an exception. Creed 2 is an exception. It's single barrel. It's on HBO Max right now. If you haven't seen it, watch, watch 1 and 2. Uh, it's well worth your time. While you're at it, go see 3 too. It's pretty good. We'll get it's to worth the watch. We'll get to it here in <laughs> just a second, but let's wrap this up with our nightcap. Big bass drums, some it's, horns, some strings, choir, gorgeous. It's so it's it's so different from uh, "Gonna Fly" now, but it's so similar at the same time yeah. that like it it fits this universe so well. Yeah, to your music selection, also. Well, what do you got for us for the nightcap this week? All right, so the nightcap, there's franchises and series everywhere out there, right? But not always is your favorite scene from a series and your favorite movie of the series or the franchise. Uh, so in that vein, what is your favorite training montage? Specifically training montage in the whole Ro- Rocky Creed franchise. And is it the same as your favorite movie in the franchise? I'll go first. Mine's actually... The dual screen bit between Clubber Lang and Rocky and Rocky three. Cause you're watching what this guy's doing versus what this guy's not doing. And it's Rocky in that like spectacle gym, yeah, right? Yeah. With Frank Stallone. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I love it because 
This guy's eating cans and doing pull-ups on ropes in his even worse apartment than one Rocky had. Mr. T at that point for me in my life was so terrifying. And I was even familiar with the A-team. Clubber Lang scared the absolute bejesus out of me as a little kid. And watching that happen and just knowing like my guy was going to get throttled because look at the way they were training. In his Um, Native American chic, right? Yeah. (laughs) And it's close because my second actually is in that when he gets going with Apollo and they really get going, that's a very different version of watching Rocky train. I loved that too. So it's one training montage before loss to Clubber Lang in, in three and really close post remaking yourself with some better footwork and Rocky three with Apollo. Well, it's that scene too. I don't even know what machine he's on, but he's doing some sort of like leg machine. And this girl comes out like, Hey, can I get a kiss? He's like, yeah, get a slap it on there. And, and then, and Mickey's like, hey, get the hell out of here. What are you doing? We're training here or what? Yeah. Like Mickey knows, man, he knows. Yeah. That is interesting, though, because I seem to remember, I remember your rankings in Rocky Three. I don't think is number one. It's not. It's not. But I love that bit in there. So your question was very Viagra Pro, like right on. It's not my favorite of the Rocky franchise, but that's my favorite training bit. Cool. Cool. Your turn, bud. So mine is a contradiction to my question because my favorite training montage is from Creed Two, which is also my favorite movie in the franchise desert training uh (laughs) there are some parts that that miss for some people they don't for me and like i said the music like when i see a training montage in a fighting or or just combat movie in general like if i get hyped to like want to go work out after the training montage Mm -hmm. that tells me it hit it hit right right it hit all the notes this one for me, yeah, I'm ready to go grab a sledgehammer and start digging a hole with a sledgehammer and probably regret it two <laughs> seconds later. But after after watching that training montage, I am I am ready to take on the world. Good. Love that. You know what moment in this film we didn't talk about that I thought was fairly spectacular was training for fight one submersion at the bottom of a pool shadow boxing dude i'm I'm all for that because a i don't know how you submerge yourself like that mm-hmm. i try and see myself to a bottom of the floor and i just bobble at the top like yeah <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool uh great choices gentlemen uh i'm going it's a guilty pleasure of the series for me it's my favorite training montage dude i'm going to mother russia we're chopping trees we're screaming drago's name at the top of a mountain we're lifting sleds we're getting in a dog sled on polly drinking uh, some peach schnapps while i'm pulling his ass it's rocky (laughs) four it's rocky four's mount uh russia training montage and there's two of them in there it's before Adrian shows up and then after Adrian, because then she gets on the sled and he lifts it up or whatever the hell. Yep. And the, it's the moment. It's like when he puts Drago's picture on the mirror and he's like, that's the goal, right? And then when he's just like, dude, I got the goal. I'm ready to fight him, dude. Yeah. It's so cheesy. And all and hearts on fire. Oh, man. It just it, it tickles every cheesy niche itch of this franchise for me. Guilty pleasure. The one he just mentioned of getting all glistening running on the beach. It's just mm-hmm. rocket. These montages are all so unique and different in their in their own way. I got to give extra special. I, and if you guys have an honorable mention, shout them out. 
the Rocky Balboa, let's build some hurting bombs, like that that running with his dog up the steps, throwing down beer kegs because you have calcium deposits on your bones, whatever that means. Yeah. That that training montage is awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's got a son there. Like it's 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 very familial with old Duke Burton, right? Yeah. Uh I really like that one too. Mm. What about you guys? Any honorable mentions? I did two already, so I'm gonna pass on that one. But yes, uh, all of them really. Yeah, they're all they're all good at the end of the day. I personally love uh Rocky Two, running with all the kids behind yeah. you. Oh you guys yeah. talked about it a little last week. Yeah. Like it's just that's Rocky gets two, you gets you so ready. Rocky gets two was the one that showed me. I was like, you could do pull ups one armed. Uh, like, how is that possible? Still, still can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you, Brett, for joining us today. That's a wrap on Creed two from 2018, directed by Stephen uh, Capel Jr. Uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up next week with Creed three, directed by Michael B. Jordan, who much like Stallone decides, hey, well, I may as well step into the director's chair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to, I haven't seen the film yet. I've kind of been waiting until we're getting close to covering it. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I mean, I've been riding high on this Creed train. I've been, it's kind of making me want to revisit the whole Rocky franchise, to be completely honest with you. Mm. Uh, I might burn a couple of them in between uh, recording that. But yeah, we got that coming to you next week. And then I think we got another franchise throwing out a fourth entry here pretty soon. And I think we're going to maybe want to talk about that film. Yes, we are. Exactly. So. Thank you for coming, Brett. As we were drunkenly talking about last night, uh, I was like, Brett, you got to come back when we do. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to work it in at some point. But we did that original Star Wars trilogy, New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi so well. That was such a good time with a bunch of fun guests. And, you know, it, the films have been getting too good on Rice Smile as of late. I think we got to get, like, shitty here pretty Sour, soon. Yeah. <laughs> Rock out cask again. I've been planning, you know, I want to do a prequel Star Wars cask of Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and I'd love for you to come back for with Jonathan for a Phantom I would, Menace. I would love to love to join you guys again. Dude, thank I got you. Thank you for letting me be here today. I gotta hear so your take. Coming. I gotta hear your take on Metachlorians, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cheers to you. I gotta get going. I'm gonna go pound some sand in the back. I don't know if that's gonna do me any good, but remember, my nickname's Figure and Dan, so it might. <laughs> Sledgehammer Steve speaking here. I got the sledgehammer in the back of my truck. I'm going to go try to do a pull-up. <laughs> Just one? A regular pull-up? Yeah. One <laughs> regular. Spot you. What a goal. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you all next week. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in the dark. Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, or if you listen to podcasts and be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It really helps out the show. And for Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Creed 2 is property of Metro Goldwyn Mayer, Warner Brothers Pictures, New Line Cinema, and Chartoff Winkler Productions. And no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. Do you want to come inside?
there you go. This. It's your granddaughter, Amara. Say what's up, Papa. 